0: Hmm?
1: Ah! Huh. Are you real? (laughs) I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm real. You're real. Everything that's ever happened to you is real. All those people in the church, they're all real too. They're all... They're all dead? Everyone dies sometime, kiddo. Some of them before you, some long after you. But why are they all here now? Well, there is no now here. This is a place that that you all made together so that you could find one another. The most important part of your life was the time that you spent with these people. That's why all of you are here. Nobody does it alone, Jack. You needed all of them and they needed you. For what? to remember and to let go.
2: Kate, she said we were leaving. Not leaving, no. Moving on.
0: Where are we going
1: let's go find out
3: we have come to the end of this particular journey after 121 episodes of the series Welcome to another episode of The Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben
4: and I am Kristen. So, the finale is here. Uh we no longer have to say that it's a spoiler-full podcast because there's nothing to spoil. Um <laughs> and yeah, we've reached the end of our Lost rewatch at season 6, episode 17, and the 18 end. and 18. And, okay, but I, I got it.
3: No, no, you didn't. You missed an episode. It was a
4: two and a half hour <laughs> finale. It was a two and a half hour finale that aired one time. I'm sorry that the streaming services have made it into two. It is one episode. Episode 17, the end. All right. The end.
3: Fair enough. Uh, and just as the series kind of bookends its story, uh, as do we bookend our uh, our discussion and breakdown with our guest, he uh, he joined us for the pilot and he returns for the finale. Uh, welcome back, Jason.
5: Hello. I when we started the finale, the premiere, I opened my eye and at the end of this podcast I'll be closing my <laughs> You'll eye. You'll
3: close your eye. Okay. Yeah.
4: Perfect. Just make sure you have a dog.
5: Oh shit, <laughs> I have a cat. But, best, you know what? I can do. You find that cat.
3: <laughs> uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it took us a little longer than expected, obviously, because of things happening. You know, we had a pandemic. We had a bunch of stuff happen in real life. But we got here. We've gotten to the end of this discussion.
5: The uh, show be- lasted six years and yep. you did it in five. So. So
4: we're them. ahead of the game. Oh,
5: okay. <laughs> if you look at it that way, yeah. We're, uh, you, we're ahead Mr. of the game. Thank
4: you, Mr. Silver Lining.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations, by the way. That is incredibly cool to have made it through the whole show to the end. It's really it's, cool.
3: It there's a matter of satisfaction in the fact that we have gotten to this point, but it's a little <laughs> bittersweet because yeah. of how much we love this show. And now just like
5: when we watched it, we felt that way. Yeah, that's true as well. I, I was curious if you don't mind my asking um if your th- thoughts about the series changed much after or throughout the rewatch and like if your favorite episode changed your characters or anything or not you want to take this one Kristen
4: um <laughs> so <laughs> Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of changes, I think, uh, throughout the entire series. I will say that, um, I think I can speak for both Ben and myself that our love for the show deepened. Um, a lot of things started to make more sense as we, as we talked about, um, certain things that, you know, maybe the first or second or third time that we watched it maybe had a question mark, but then after analyzing it and following it and talking about it, you know, we made new revelations like Charles Woodmore is Biff Tannen. That was a good one.
0: <laughs> um,
4: but uh, I mean, one thing is very much for certain. I have a problem with Jack Shepard. <laughs> and I didn't know that <laughs> well, until we started doing this. <laughs>
5: it's
4: a bit, uh, you could do it. You could do it. Press it, press it, press it. Oh, I don't have it
2: ready. oh Oh, hold on here we go jack just sucks
5: (laughs) (laughs) i thought i mean watching the show i i probably watched every episode twice at least and uh i i just think and this is i think i said this when i was on in the premiere but you know um matthew fox has had some accusations leveled against him over the years of just having some anger issues we'll say and Mm -hmm. not dwell on it too much but um I, I think one thing the show did really well was wrote to the to what the actors were doing. And I think maybe they sensed some anger in him all speculation, I don't know, and put it in Jack's character because he got really angry and rude. I that's don't know if that's possible. what you're talking about, but
4: no, I'm talking no. about the fact okay. that he was just a just an awful leader for most of the series. And I am.
3: I do get that, but I also think too at, in, at at the same time the redemption or the the arc that Jack goes through, I think makes it even more redeeming by the end.
4: Which mm-hmm. I understand, but we didn't get enough of that. I feel like we got about four or five episodes in the last half of this last season before we really started to see him as, um, as as the final Jack that we see.
5: Um, And maybe like if you're one of the many people who died because of his leadership, you could see him in heaven and congratulate him on being redeemed at least.
4: Sure. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I had to
5: die, but at least you had your character arc.
4: Yeah. At least you got your redemption. (laughs) I died before I got mine, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Flaming
5: arrow.
3: I can, I can say for myself in regards to rewatching the series, uh, there are definitely. Uh, I had a deeper. I agree with Kristen uh, in our love for the show deepened in rewatch. Uh, my my love for particular characters deepened as well, and I actually gained a new appreciation for some of the characters that I never really had before. Um, I've I've said it many times that Ben is one of my favorite characters, and I stick to that, um, but. I gained a whole new appreciation for Sawyer as a character in the rewatch of, of this. And I, I don't think, I, I think in our analysis of everything going fo- through with this for five years or however long it took us and rewatching all six seasons, I think my appreciation for the finale itself grew. Mm-hmm. I, think it, mm-hmm. I think it hit me a little harder emotionally this time. Than it ever has before.
4: I was pregnant once during a rewatch, so I can't say that, but I definitely (laughs) see what you're saying.
5: (laughs) That's great. Yeah. So Um, I will say real
4: quick, as as, because you just brought up Sawyer, we just uh, watched the pilot with my kids, and at the end of the pilot, (laughs) both of my kids are like, "Who is this guy? He sucks. He's the worst. (laughs) Why is he so mean?" I'm like, "Hey, that's Sawyer. Show some respect."
5: (laughs) (laughs) Just wait.
4: You'll love him.
5: I had a uh, because I was I. Listen to a couple of your earlier episodes, including the pilot up that we did together. I apologize. The more recent ones. I apologize because <laughs> I somehow was recording through my computer's built in mic and it sounded really bad. And I'm so embarrassed. But um, it was a fun podcast. And uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention before we got into yeah. the finale. Um, one is last week when you guys were pointing out that how none of the characters were in good places in their lives when Jacob chose them. And maybe that's why he chose them. I was thinking you might even say they were all lost.
4: <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> and he didn't think to say that. That was good. I kind
5: of think that might, you know, be part of it. I don't know. I always thought that like these people all seem kind of lost in the show, in their lives. Um, and then the other thing is um, I had mentioned on that, uh, podcast that we did together the first one that i did a panel with some of the lost actors including harold perrineau at walker stalker and so i made this audio clip to show a lost walking dead connection and i played it for him and i didn't have it ready to play for you guys but i have it now so i'll play it here it goes yeah.
6: yay <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> <laughs> Cool. That's
5: it.
3: <laughs> it, it came over a little muffled because of the way you were playing it, but oh, we got, the, we, got,
4: I we got could tell what it was. coral
0: it, yeah. it, Walt, Waltz. Carl! <laughs> Walt. <laughs> it's like
4: the worst game of Marco Polo ever. <laughs> I, that's funny. I love it so much. Yeah. Um... So did you, when you, I mean, obviously you haven't done the full rewatch like we have, uh, Jason, but when you rewatch the finale, do you pick up on new things every single time you watch it?
5: Uh, I probably have only seen it once since it originally aired until now. So Mm -hmm. now twice. And I probably watched it twice back then. So I've seen it like four times. Um, And, oh, gosh. I don't know. I mean, it just watching it today brought back so many memories. Like when I had thought about the finale before, I'd thought about the last few minutes, which we're going to say for the end of this podcast. And so I had, yeah, yeah, I had forgotten kind of the rest of it. And now I remember loving the finale, but I now watching it again, remembered, yeah, the whole thing was great, not just the end. So Mm -hmm. that was good. To remember, like, it's I I think it's one of the best finales of any show ever, honestly.
4: I I love it mainly because I feel that in doing the finale this particular way, we were able to get closure on all of our characters. Um, mm-hmm. there's very few that we don't get closure on. And, you know, we'll talk about that later. Cause I do, that's one of my very few nitpicks of the show. Me um, too. But I love the fact that we got to see everybody again, just mm-hmm. one more time. That felt really good. And it was believable the way that they did it. And it, it fit in with the whole narrative of the series as a whole. I just, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful.
5: Yeah. It, like the strengths of this show are around the characters and what they've been through together and what they meant to each other and the emotionality of all of that. And this finale, and, and also the fandom is one of the strengths of the show, too the rabid, engaged fandom. And this, episode played to those strengths the emotion uh, just a series of reunions and and Mm -hmm. they're they're all so emotional and you're feeling it right along with them and then to have um them all together at the end uh and also the fact that every time somebody woke up you saw a quick series of clip flashbacks Mm -hmm. you know scenes iconic scenes uh lock with the big orange and just you know uh Charlie and Claire with the peanut butter and everything that as a fan it just like it was an emotional roller coaster like just a great way to incorporate the themes of the show and the fandom into this finale it was so satisfying
3: yeah yeah and, uh, and I'll admit too uh you know going into this the closer that we got to the finale as we were covering this I I actually started, to, and Kristen, I never even admitted this to you, but I started getting a little nervous because we were pumping up everything as much as we were. We were we were plugging it. We were saying how much we loved the finale. We couldn't wait to talk about it, but we were getting to points in the sixth season where there were elements we didn't remember, <laughs> and, I, and I started to get nervous that what if we get to the finale and it doesn't live up to my memory of how good it is, especially Because of all this breakdown that we've been doing. What if there are new things now that I discover that kind of take away a little bit? So I was actually very nervous going into watching the finale. And then there were particular moments that just I started turning into a blubbering idiot. And I'm like, nope, still love this finale. Just
5: just as much. The interesting thing about the lost finale is more often than not, it comes up in conversation with me fairly often a couple times a year or something like that when i mention it to someone or it comes up they roll their eyes and say it's sucked. Mm-hmm. and i suspect that most people have that reaction because they're thinking of it in terms of whether it answered the mysteries of the show in a satisfying way because that's such a big part of lost and if you think uh it, it didn't which I don't, and you know, there's no more loss, then you feel unsatisfied. And so you put that all on the finale. But the thing is lost is in my opinion, that's one of the, that's the big flaw is how they handled the mysteries. And I can go more into that if we want or not, I don't have to, but yeah, do it. But well, okay. Let, let me talk about that just a little bit. So, sure. uh, but bear with me because the good stuff's at the end. So yeah, um, <laughs> So anyone can make up trippy shit and put some eerie music to it and have characters interact with it. Like there's a purple orb floating in your bedroom and it's pulsing and sending out waves of war. Isn't that weird? And why is that happening? Oh, I just don't worry about that. It's weird though. Right. And so it's like empty (laughs) calories. Right. And, and when you like, what are these weird numbers? When you put that out there, the expectation is going to be that some, there's something underneath it that ties in with the characters or that with the themes. But JJ Abrams is, is about the mystery box not what's inside the box mm. uh, there are answers like these numbers um, that kept popping up everywhere hurley used them to win the lottery and desmond had to punch him into the computer and you know 4 8 15 16 23 42 we'll never forget and we wonder well it's so cool and trippy that they kept coming up but what's it all about and it turns out their coefficients to this valenzetti equation this formula that predicts the end of humanity and the dharma initiative Conducted experiments to try to change the values of the numbers, which I, I think was in the show, but mostly you got it from ancillary materials. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's because the writers knew that the answer wasn't satisfying. That's why they didn't dwell on it. And so you felt like, or I felt like, you know, the show is built on a system of getting you curious about this tri- trippy thing, but the answers were kind of substanceless just some sci-fi thing that they made up. And so I felt kind of strung along. It's like, it's like, I think of pickup where like pickup artists, where they go into a bar and pretend to be like a rock star or something, but they're not, it's just a show and you get people hooked in, but then you realize there's nothing underneath. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of, it feels like a lie. That's how I felt about a lot of the mysteries of the show. It was really cool. The trippiness of it, but the substance wasn't there, but, that's not the only thing to this show. I mean, a, it was cool to watch all the trippiness of the smoke monster and everything else, but B it was also brilliant about making these characters that we cared about and felt so connected to about the beauty of the way the show was made with the locations and the cinematography and the music, the acting, the humor, the, the emotion of it that you felt so attached. And so if you set aside for the finale, the whole part about whether you felt satisfied with the mysteries and just take it in and of itself as an episode of TV. It's so good. It's mm. like so gripping. I I even though I have that love-hate thing about Lost, it's mostly love. And and I just think that um and also it's so complex complex with all the characters and moving parts and you have to for in two realities and you have to give everyone something to do. And the writers did a, a great job at that. So like I said, I think it's just one of the best finales of any show ever, whether it solved the mysteries to people's satisfaction or not, that's well, my think, take on it.
3: I think even in the same way that you you jokingly brought up that clip with the Walt and the Carl making the comparison to The Walking Dead, I think there's similar comparisons to the show itself in that it becomes lost as it, the further it progresses into the series, it becomes less about the island and the people there, even though that is a huge part of the story. But it becomes more about the characters, mm-hmm. and that's why when we get the endings that we do for these characters. We we are so emotionally invested in these characters that we're done with the island story, and then the last ten minutes is the story that's purely about these characters. And you know, all these—I um, I can't God, my mind is blanking on the uh, reunions. That's the word I was thinking of. All these reunions of characters. It's because by the end, that's more what this story became about. Mm-hmm. Was and I can't
5: watch a show and cry five times and be like meh.
4: Right. <laughs> it was all right. It sucked. <laughs> I'm crying because it sucked. Yeah, yeah.
5: it
0: sucked
4: so bad. Well, you know, you touched on something earlier, Jason, that I thought was really um, really important is that um, all these characters had to be in two different realities cobbled together with something to do. And I think that that's that's a really impressive feat to be able to have this big of a cast and give 90% of them a closure. I mean, that's mm-hmm. almost unheard of, really, in in really big shows like this. Um the whole thing that you said about um you know, not getting the answers to or getting unsatisfying answers or what I I always take myself into the fact that, you know, we live these very complicated lives and this show is a very complicated show. And I feel like we want these answers from television that we may just want for ourselves. Like we just need answers to life or to trauma or grief or whatever. And, um, they tut and this show, you know, deals with all of these big questions about, um, about life as it is. And I think that they, I think that the writers, um, did a really, really good job with not providing answers because you're not going to get all the answers in your life. You're never going to get them. And I know, I see, I see your thoughts.
3: I don't <laughs> like that at all. Well,
4: That's I mean, and,
3: but even to your point before, like not to cut you off, but even to your point, but I think even Linda and Q's even came out and said the same thing that in life you never get all the answers. I think
5: it's cop to out. Every question. <laughs> That, I think oh, it's man, about because b- because everyone says that about lost. I'll, 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 I got something to say about that, but I see you're not done. So.
4: But, and the numbers, when you say that, and, and, and this is nothing, this is just when you're like, Oh, you know, these numbers were so important. We need meaning to the numbers. All I could think of was that the secret to life is 42. Like the whole time that you were saying that. like yeah. it So I let's mean, just, yeah.
5: <laughs> I, I just, so I, the, I've heard that a lot. Karen said the same thing to me more or less. And like, I, I think about this movie Lost in Translation. Have you guys seen that? Yes. such a good movie. Yeah. 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 I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. And they have this really interesting relationship, but they're both married. They're of different ages. They don't really belong together, but they share this experience in a foreign place and they bond. And at the end, uh, he whispers something into her ear and we don't get to hear what it is. And I love that because it's yeah. more powerful not knowing it's you get. You get it without if you heard it, it would probably take away from it. So that's a mystery that I love. But with Lost, it's when you just want, you just want to know like, why, when you throw someone in the big light, does he turn into a plume of smoke? Well, it's about the mysteries of life. I <laughs> that just seems well, like a, a- but. Trying to make something poetic that's just frustrating. Like, I don't, it doesn't add to the mystique of it to me. It just makes me feel like the writers don't have a good answer. And but to so that particular point, us, though,
4: I was yep. just about to say that. But to
5: that particular point, though, if you listen to
3: the podcast, we did come up with a theory as to why that happens. In essence, that his bro- when jacob threw his brother in there he didn't actually become the smoke monster it un- he th- it was literally just the smoke monster took the form of jacob's brother because jacob's brother's body was recovered the same as john locke's body was recovered they are not the same person they are two separate entities
5: okay and so i still like how did we the mother i mean i have so, so many questions like yeah. that where <laughs> it's that are that i don't i mean maybe if you guys had answers to all of them then i would change my mind but um <laughs> it's just it it it, it. I don't know. There, there's the- definitely a mystery that that adds to things, and then there's a mystery that just feels like, okay, we didn't have a good answer. But isn't that great that there's mystery to life? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. It, that doesn't work in the same way for me.
3: But at the same time, that just using that question again as a prime example of, you know, everybody thought it was a mystery and it was never solved, and then we go through and we do this podcast and we get to that point and we make this theory, and I can say. You know, probably speaking for you, Kristen, we were so blown away when we came up with this theory that we were convinced was real. No, it's that now just canon. Sh- it's, it's now canon to us. So, like, canon. it was, it to <laughs> us, that was a way of the show leaving something open to interpretation for people to discover their own answers to. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Because when we came up with the answer to that question, whether it's true or not, it's an answer to us, and we were so enthused about it. We that- were really right.
4: impressed with ourselves. <laughs> like, exactly. we were the smartest people in the world.
5: <laughs> I mean, I think we could talk about this a lot, and uh, maybe we would come to some kind of an agreement on it. But I don't think we should because we're here to talk about the finale, and yeah. I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree about I, it. I'm you fine know? With that.
4: And that's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I encourage people to disagree all the time. I think that that's like I know that you love that, Jason, but you know yeah. that creates a really nice back and back and forth about about television and anything really.
5: Um, yeah, and I think it's good when you feel like you have permission to say something that. Yeah other people are saying the opposite or whatever, and we can all talk about it without it being big deal, you know?
4: Well, I mean, <laughs> we're not like physically in front of each other, so I'm not going to punch you today. Yeah. But-
5: Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. Then maybe. Otherwise, thank yeah. God for stream yard.
3: But <laughs> yeah. I mean, like even, even with <laughs> podcasting, like if everybody agreed with everything, everybody said like life would be so plain and boring. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad there's yeah. disagreements and there's, you know, debates about this kind of
4: thing. Yeah. Just as long as you know you're wrong.
5: I mean, there are stories <laughs> that handle mystery really well where I'm like, okay, that, yeah, it, that left me thinking. Like, it gave me something to grapple with that was somehow satisfying. Mm. And for me, Lost was not that.
4: Okay. That's that's fair. <laughs> um, okay. So, we... You wanted to talk about, um, did you want to talk about anything else before moving on to the next thing?
5: No, I mean, I do just, I mean, for me, the finale, like I said, it's one of the best finales of any show ever. So I don't want what I just said to color that because no, it's not changing my opinion more yeah, yeah 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 so the next thing i had is just how emotional it was and i mean there were so many moments where i felt and and i mean michael giacchino just knows how to pluck those mo- or amplify the everything musical you know? hits yeah yeah and he just at the right moment when um something was happening it wasn't just the times when people woke up to each other but that was a lot of it because often it was when something was happening already that was already emotional and it seemed like that kind of got them going but I like I loved when um, Jack and Locke are in the hospital in the flash sideways and Locke says his legs are fixed and Jack's like oh no it'll take a while and then he starts wiggling his toes and then Locke starts to wake up and of course that's a moment, an emotional moment, but um, he goes, did you just feel that or or something? And then Jack of course takes longer than anyone else to wake up because he has so much trouble letting go, which I kind of love. It makes sense for his character. That's my take anyway. Yeah. I think Jack. And so anyway, but, but you can see that Locke is fully awake and he's just got this big, smile on his face like you're my friend and that yeah. happened over and over again when they would just like son and jen uh see sawyer and they're just yeah. they don't even try to wake him up they're just smiling and to me that's this my kind favorite
4: of- part because he because he says i'm a cop and Jin yeah. is just laughing he's like sure you are <laughs> sure,
5: okay wow <laughs> sure detective but, uh- to me, it's a little, this is a little edgy, but it's back in the early 2000 raver days where I went through an ecstasy phase. And it reminded me of that when you're on E and you just look around and look at your friends and realize how much you love them. Like yes. every moment reminded me of that. Like, oh my God, I love you so much.
0: <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You
5: have no idea. Uh, but just uh, to backtrack for a
3: minute too, before we get too far into this, I just remembered yeah, this yeah. and I wanted I wanted to mention it earlier when we were talking about the numbers. Um, Cause the numbers don't really play into this finale, but you, you brought them up earlier to make, well, they're at
5: table 23, but yeah,
3: that, well, oh, that's true. <laughs> um, but, uh, Henry Ian Cusick was actually a guest at dragon con this past weekend. Um, and for anybody that work ha- has worked at the convention, uh, circuit before there are t- there's tape on the ground that leads you down the path to get to the guest's table uh henry ian kuzik at his actually had four eight, as you were continuing along the path to his table he had the numbers in tape along the path and the 42 was right in front of his table
5: I love excellent
3: it. so the four was at <laughs> the entrance and the 42 was at it was right That's at great. his table
5: he, so. he came to a Walker stalker. It was when I did my biggest lost panel. It was him, Elizabeth Mitchell, Mira Furlon who played, uh, Danielle, Danielle um, I think Nestor Carbonell might've been on it. And was it um, Emily? Duravan? No, Duravan I'd never gotten to talk to her, but oh, okay. Henry is Ian Cusick. I think it was his first panel and he was really anxious about it like he almost didn't even want to do it but elizabeth mitchell was such a calming presence and got him to go up there and i was like hey it's gonna be great don't worry they all love you so much which was true and he like they would ask questions about desmond and his story so complicated and he'd be like well i uh Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> and then one of the people in the audience would answer it, you yeah. know, Oh, it's because of this and, this. and he's like, okay, okay. That sounds right. <laughs> like, I love that.
4: That's pretty good. You want to come up here and do the rest yeah, of this? <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I can, can we talk about Desmond just for a sec? Yeah. Um. I, I think, cause it wasn't really until, and I'm very Im- a- ashamed to admit this, but it wasn't until, um, this watch, this last watch, um, that I really fully understood Desmond as the constant. Um, for some reason I, it took me a little longer, um, than everybody else, but him having full memories in both the flash sideways and, um, the present or on the island, on the island and yeah. knowing exactly what was happening what had to be done i mean he didn't know how it was going to turn out obviously because he thought for sure that the minute he unplugged it he was going to disappear and he was going to be fine you know so that was a bit of um a bit of a surprise for him however um i just loved the fact that he was in the he was the centerpiece of the episode the constant and the centerpiece of the episode the variable, I believe
0: mm-hmm.
4: if I I, I think you're I right. know the constant yeah. I'm trying I'm less confident on the variable right, yeah. And then to see that kind of all come together at the end really cemented in me that you know even though there are all these leftover hanging um, hanging, questions, there was still a plan. You know, you you see that there's still this plan, this this end game, especially with these characters that were only supposed to be there for a couple of episodes, but they were so popular. They're like, let's throw them in and see what happens. And Desmond was a perfect example of that. I just I don't I don't see the show working without that character ever. I
3: I do I did develop a new theory about Desmond um, in re-watching this as well. And that is and, and you know me, I always love it when I come up with these new theories, just like yeah. we did with Jacob's brother. Um, but I feel like we, we talked constantly a lot about how everything that happened with all of these characters was nothing more than a game was a long played game between Jacob and the man in black and Desmond and how these people were just pieces in that game. And then eventually, you know, the game ends the way it does and. Um, Desmond himself, even to the point where he was in the hatch, pressing the button, I feel like was always part of the plan. Because Mm -hmm. by the end of this, when he's the one he's the only one that can go down he's the one that can survive all this uh, electromagnetism to be able to unplug this cork unpop this cork, or pop the cork rather. Um, I feel like it's the same way if if you ever develop an allergy to something and you end up going to a doctor and the only way they fight that allergy is by giving you a little bit of it until you develop an immunity to it. Mm-hmm. What if him being in the hatch, pushing that button was to for him to develop the ability to survive that magnetism? Mm, I like
5: it.
4: I like for that For him too. to
5: be that person to do that.
4: Yeah, I like be- that. He could
5: pull the cork out so yeah. that the man in black slash lock could be vulnerable for some reason. And then... <laughs> <laughs> But yes. Just for oh yes, here we reason. go. You don't you,
4: just just in case. It's a, it's a
5: great mystery of life. Um, <laughs> for, for what I thought of when you brought up Desmond is, I love when. It, Jack uh, says, you go home and be with your wife and son. And he goes, what about you, Jack? And he goes, I'll see you in another life, brother. (laughs) And that's such a great, you know, him using his line on him. But then he does see him in another life.
4: (laughs) Yeah, he does. Well, and then I think he also said to Sawyer, I think one of the last things he said to Sawyer was, or somebody was, um, I'll see you on the other side.
0: I can't remember. Uh,
4: Yeah, it was. I I just finished watching it, so it was one of them. Was it said in Was it said in the finale? Yeah, Jack said it. I'll see you on the other side, and I go and I remember thinking both times I watched it. Yes, you will. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean,
3: we we talked a little bit about that before too, where I think it was the episode The Constant, where where uh, um, Jesus, my mind is going blank with names and words. Uh, Charles Whitmore, thank you. I'm thanking myself for remembering Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) where where Charles (laughs) was was exposing him to all that electromagnetism. And, you know, he saw it as him going to another reality where all this was happening. But in reality, he was going to this meeting place where they were all at, which was them in a form of kind of afterlife before entering the actual afterlife. Uh, So in all reality, Charles Whitmore exposing him to that electromagnetism was just simply Desmond having a near-death experience. Mm. He technically had died and experienced all of that. But in Desmond's mind, this was another reality, which is what he's telling Jack towards the end of this. You know, we were sitting next to each other on Oceanic 815. Like we, the plane landed. We all survived this. He's, he's recapping to Jack. Basically the afterlife, which Kristen, as you mentioned, he
5: remembers. Uh, so you're saying Desmond experienced all that during his near-death experience and yes. not his later actual death? Yes. Oh, okay.
3: I think it was a near-death experience and that's what he But then he was,
5: but then
4: he it was went when on, he was in the big box.
5: But then he went on with everybody into the suite hereafter, didn't he? Wasn't he, he did. in the church? Yeah, he so goes to So him, yeah. how could he then come back? If it was just a near death experience, well,
4: because, because he never he were he outside never... of time when they were in the church, they're outside yeah, of time.
5: Yeah, but what I'm saying is if you, you're you in real time and you have a near death experience, go into the flash sideways, go off to heaven, and then you come back. What well, no, about the rest ne- of your he life? He never and then goes die off to the heaven,
3: you're... he just goes into the flash sideways, which is that the as Christian oh. Shepherd kind of mentions, which we're diving into that last 10 minutes again. Um, oh shit! Sorry. No, 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 it's <laughs> totally fine. It's, I, I, it kind of needs to be said is that, you know, Christian says, this is a place you all created so that you could be together to move on. So Desmond didn't go to the afterlife. He goes to that place in his near death experience. It's one he's of the reasons he's not with
5: them in the church. at the. He is with them in the is. church at the end. So but you're he, saying he didn't go into the light?
3: He didn't go into the light. He was still in that. He was entering back and forth into that created place. Okay. Because everybody in that created place had passed. They were all dead at that time. At
4: different mm-hmm. times. And Hurley I, says that at different times.
5: I know well, that. I understand yeah. that. But yeah. I'm just saying, if you go there from a near-death experience, then can you come back and live out the rest of your life and then die and then go there again? You know what I mean?
4: Right. Well, I think well, that's the and reason think why that Desmond is
3: aware of everything.
5: Okay. Mm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I also yeah. think that that's just a part of him being that constant, you know, about yeah. him being, at, you know. He's special. So many people. Yeah, he's special. He's always been special. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a good way to put it. Um, how about more of your emotional moments?
5: I mean, you guys, too. What, what about you? Yeah. What comes up when I say that?
4: Well, for me, moment? it was. Um, well. I mean, Just saying, Juliet. I well, so, yeah. <laughs> but, but Jen and son and Juliet, like, is that what, what you're telling me to say to talk no, about? I,
3: well, I knew you were going to go with Jen and son. Um, yeah. And so, God,
4: I think, I think it was so Perfect to have Jen and Son's wake up moment to be exactly when it was. Um, You know Juliet comes in there; they don't say anything. She's like, "Oh, you don't speak English." And her being her perfect Juliet self, she's just like, "That's okay. We'll we'll make it work." You know, (laughs) and then you just see this exact scene fold uh, unfold almost exactly the way that it unfolded the first time, you know, when, when they realized that she really was pregnant and son got her first ultrasound and, and, and then they're all, and then you shoot forward to, to, to Jen and son in the hospital in, in the flash sideways. And they're both just like, I remember, I remember, oh my gosh. And then it's just so amazing because I just started crying at this moment <laughs> because, because they're like, we already know it's a girl. We already know her name. Everything is great. I was surprised that they would have chosen to move on in the church. I would have thought 100% that they would have just been like, let's uh, live in this area just for a little bit. And try <laughs> uh, being parents, you know? Okay.
3: I, I do have a, a note on that. Um, but in regards to that, too, I love the fact that what gives Sun and Jin their enlightenment moment is is their daughter. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that, that is what gives them their enlightenment. And mm-hmm. um,
4: the one thing that they never got to share together.
5: Exactly. And that they could then speak English was such great writing. It was so I fun. And she's like, wait, you guys, you guys are great.
4: <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys, guys are English amazing. <laughs> Especially um, Jin. Jin had like, at least on the island when he learned English, Jin still had like some sort of an accent. And this one, he's like completely American. It's <laughs>
3: <He's> just, <laughs> but I had that same thought too of like, well, okay, like, if this is what's most important to these people and this is what's causing them to move on together what about their children because you know obviously claire has aaron jin and son have gion and aaron does actually move on aaron is in the church with claire and charlie and it made me think well what about you know jin and son well, Jin never had the experience of meeting his daughter, so I could kind of put the pass on that. But Jin, it, but son is pregnant with them. So in a sense, their daughter is moving on with them.
4: That is true. Also, uh- um, you saying what you did about, you know, Jin and Son being bonded by their daughter, you can say the same thing for, um, well, y- you should say the same thing for Kate and Claire, because those two were completely bonded together by Aaron. They both became mothers through Aaron. So the fact that that's how they got their wake up moment as well. I thought that was really beautiful as well. I love that it didn't have to do with just romantic love. It had to do with what are the big moments from your life? What are the, the truly life-changing moments? Most and importance. Yeah.
5: And you know how people like – it was made clear that people died at some much later than Jack and some earlier, but they all came back to where they were at the most important time of their lives, including the age that they were. So, uh, Gian could have lived to like 85 and all of a sudden she's like in the womb. What the heck, man? (laughs)
4: This
5: isn't fair. Excuse me. This is really not the most
3: important part of my life. What happened to my life?
4: (laughs) I guess I'll just swim around for all eternity.
3: (laughs) You know, but while we're talking about like these emotional moments and these enlightenment moments that we're talking about, you know, I I really enjoyed seeing Saeed's enlightened moment, uh, enlightenment coming at the at behest of Shannon being there and him rescuing Shannon, which is something that he did you know on the island and Boone being the one who we we got the off-screen enlightenment from Boone you know already,
5: already was woken up and he got to be the one just going around smiling at everybody so, like, hmm.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna perfect. bring this
5: up too and I,
3: I I'm kind of cutting off my own thought process here but did anybody else it's me especially upon second viewing of this finale? of second viewing this time, uh, because I watched it twice before we podcasted on it. I, the second time around got major, major Jacob vibes off of Hurley.
5: Oh yeah. Because Mm -hmm. at that point, very self-possessed and calm.
0: Exactly.
3: Because at that point with Hurley in that, in that place, he was already the guardian of the island yeah it could
4: have
5: been 500 years for yeah.
4: all so, I that was my question how long do you think hurley mm-hmm. actually had that job
3: i don't know steve had mentioned something in his voicemail last week that in new man in charge apparently it's given over to somebody else but i don't remember that um we'll find that out when we watch that but um I, I, I don't know. I was very curious about that, too, as to how
4: long yeah, early had. Yeah, I jump.
5: presume a while, you know. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? That could be 20 years. It could be 500 years. Yeah.
4: I wonder uh, if Ben got to live as long or if he didn't get the magic juju.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Um, but continuing on with the, with the enlightenment moments and the emotional moments, so... Jin and son was the first time I got really emotional and actually cried watching this episode. The second one, Kristen, you kind of touched on already. And it was Kate, Claire and Charlie. And it wasn't Kate and Claire's enlightenment. It was Charlie's when Charlie sees Claire and just immediately bursts into tears. And then it's the seeing Claire and seeing Aaron And remembering all of that, like that was another one of those moments that I just, I started breaking down and I started crying.
5: And when he brought the blanket up, it reminded me of Boone with the pins. (laughs)
4: I don't know what kind you needed. (laughs) I I love it. when I love in that pilot because just because I just watch it when Boone's like, well, you know, I I know how to do CPR because I'm a lifeguard. (laughs) Jack's like, cool, bro. Why don't you go get a pen?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But I love too in that moment where, you know, Kate's already reached her enlightenment. Claire's already reached her enlightenment. And when Charlie comes back with the blankets, it's Kate that tells Charlie to give them to her. Because Kate knows this is what Charlie needs. Yeah. To to reach
5: that moment. (laughs) And I love too how everybody, when they wake up, I mean, it could have been much different if people were like, fuck, I'm dead. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but they were just like, oh, this is where the way it needs to be. Everything is perfect. We're going to get our friends together and move on and it's good. You know, they were just vibing, warmth, and goodness. And that really was the, the right tone to strike with all of that. Yeah yeah mine my first emotional moment i think was um hurley just going to pick up charlie and just smiling at him and we're just i'm getting choked up now just thinking about it we're just like oh they were such buddies and we it was so heartbreaking when charlie left and even though he's totally not he's kind of being a rock star dick you still can't help but feel and then hurley tranks him, which was like perfect that's what lost does it'll have an emotional like nice warm moment and then turn into something kind of edgy but um,
3: (laughs) well that was like like, sorry dude (laughs) Uh, well that (laughs) was one of those moments too that i got i really got those that that jacob vibe from from Hurley because you know when he's in that moment you're right it's so heartwarming just mm-hmm. to see the smile beaming on Hurley's face when he yeah. sees Charlie but then when he tells Charlie like well what if I told you this concert is the most important thing you'll ever do I'm like that's a total Jacob line right there
0: mm-hmm.
4: it, you know, it like, is not gonna work on Charlie
3: no not at all <laughs> but I
4: mean and because the,
3: the weird thing is at this point we know Charlie is kind of already in tune that there's something not right he just doesn't know what it is because he had I that experience that with Desmond, had,
4: I think that he had a flash probably on the plane when he bumped into Claire, probably maybe right, and then that kind of like derailed everything. Be- only and and only because when he's at the concert and he sees her, he sees the girl that he had a vision of. I think that that just completely like washed everything away. Like he's like, oh, I have to figure this out now, you know. So that's why we see him come up yeah. with the blankets.
3: Um, you know, we're talking about another emotional beat too. We 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 talked a lot about the enlightenments, and there's two other ones we haven't discussed. One is Jacks, which we'll get to when we get to the end of everything. But uh, Kristen, you touched on Juliet and Sawyer.
4: Oh my gosh, it was the best one. <laughs> yeah. I have three hearts next to it. See, <laughs> yeah. three instead of one heart.
3: <laughs> uh, but I think one of the parts too that got me, other than the fact that they remembering each other, and Juliet has her eyes closed because she doesn't want to believe that this is all really happening. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the last thing that Sawyer says to Juliet before it goes to the next scene, and that's as he's holding you, he says, "I gotcha."
5: I know. Yeah, I got you, baby. <laughs> And that's because he wasn't able to before, right? Yeah. She fell from his hands. Yeah. And now he's like, I got you now.
3: And I I think it was really smart with all the different enlightenments that we get out of this episode to save, with the exception of Jax, which was saved for last, to save Juliet and Sawyer. Because up until this point, we didn't even know Juliet was a part of all this because we didn't see her until the finale. Last (laughs) week,
4: we're like, who's the mom? Who's the mom? We can't remember. (laughs) I totally
3: (laughs) forgot that Juliet was David's mother. Um, and, And then remember that. And then, so to save that one for second to last... Um, or the last of all the other groups, because we get Juliet in the beginning in part one. And then as audience members, we're like, oh, does this mean we're going to get Juliet and Sawyer back together? And then to build up all of that, and save yeah. it for one of the last ones. It's like well, okay,
5: first smart. you see Sawyer, uh, I think, coming out of the elevator, and Juliet goes in, mm-hmm. and they just—he kind of looks back and then keeps walking. And you're like, "Go back!" Yeah, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you "No, no, no, back. you
4: did it wrong." <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, bump yeah, yeah. into Oh, yes, definitely. That. Um, well, Sawyer and Juliet are my f- favorite couple, um, but their um, their story to me is is the longest on-island story, you know? I mean, they were there for three years with each other. Um, Mm. I mean, we don't get to see it, but they were on that island with the Dharma Initiative for three years. They got all that time together. So, you know, they knew each other in ways that I think a lot of the others didn't know each other. They got that time, Um, which, you know, and, and which goes into one of my nitpicks about the fact that you know, another character that did get that time and didn't get closure, didn't get um, a wake up moment and I think deserved one is Miles. I don't yeah. understand why that happened, because I feel like they could have done a really good job with him um, either like talking to Sawyer after Sawyer's woken up or if he bumped into Daniel Widmore Um you know, just anything like that. Also, why are we using the name Whitmore when Charles Whitmore is nowhere in sight?
3: I, I don't know. I mean, well, I, I think it it's done mainly because in reality that's who that's who Daniel was. He was a Whitmore by lineage. Um, so maybe that's just something they did for the sake of storytelling. I don't I don't know why they're using that. Um, but you're right. We don't we never see Charles in this area. We see Eloise.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Which I want to say That was actually a great moment that I enjoyed As well is because Kristen You kind of mentioned it earlier on episodes ago Is that Eloise is aware of everything That is happening what this Place is she's Very aware of it and that becomes even more Apparent in this finale because With Desmond Waking everybody up she has a fear This is her chance to Actually spend time with the son she never did
4: That she she killed
3: and and she's afraid that Desmond is going to take it away from her.
4: Well, you know, she took it away from herself when she murdered her son. True, but <laughs> I don't feel very bad for Eloise.
3: <laughs> but I mean, you do see like this is her second chance at this, and she's she has that fear that Desmond is going to take it away. And she says that to Desmond, like, "Are you going to take my son?" And he says,
7: "Daniel no. didn't
4: even have his wake up moment."
5: Not with us. No, no, he he, he had a moment with Charlotte, but Charlotte yeah, didn't fully wake up.
4: Right. Yeah.
5: But, Uh, um, I, it, it does seem like everyone who wakes up knows what's going on, that they're there to move on. You know, they all meet mm -hmm. at the church. Like they, they know. They don't have to when figure it out once they Jim wake looks up. at
4: Sawyer. He's like, we'll see you there.
5: we we'll
0: and- see you
5: Another moment for me was um on the island, actually, when Jack told Kate that basically she needed to go get Claire on the plane. And he was going to go back and take care of the cork cave light thingy. And she says, tell me I'm going to see you yeah. again. And he's, nope, can't say that. And then they kiss and tell each other they love each other. That was there's moment.
4: kissing, and there was Kate <laughs> eating his face because I, like I've never seen any woman's mouth open that wide before. In my life. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment, and you really felt the love between them, you know, and it made it very emotional. But yeah. halfway into that kiss, I was like, "It. That's that's an intense kiss."
5: Get a room, guys. <laughs>
4: Get a tent.
3: Um, You know, there are a number of notable couples throughout this series, and we do get a lot of them coming back by the end of this. You know, we had, obviously, as you mentioned, there's Jack and Kate. There's uh, Charlie and Claire. We have Juliet. And Sawyer and Jin and Son and Kristen. I think the only time we ever differ in this is that I, although I, I can definitely we see each other's arguments, is that watching this finale and seeing that enlightenment moment with Jin and Son made me realize I I do really strongly think as tragic as their story is, they're one of the greatest couples in television history.
4: Well, they're one of the greatest love stories told in television for one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I love how you start off This like, again, my kids are watching the pilot and they're just like, this guy, this guy, like, is he going to die? Let, let the black smoke monster take him. He's terrible. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's gin and son. <laughs> they're amazing. Um, but, but the same know. argument. And so any,
5: anytime you see an asshole, my <laughs> suggestion is think this could be a Jin. You never know.
3: Yeah. But the well, same argument. All, time. Yeah the same mm-hmm. argument could be absolutely be made for Juliet and Sawyer too.
4: Yes. Well, there's this, there's is just as tragic. I think, yeah, there, I think that they're really on par with one another. Um, definitely. Uh, I would have loved to have seen, uh, more Jin and Sun, but whatever. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. What they didn't I, get what I much. What
5: them. they did get was pretty great, but it wasn't yeah. much.
4: Uh, yeah, totally. um, any other big emotional moments? I've got a few more. I
5: have, I have two yeah, more. i got a couple more. Yeah. Okay. Kristen, she why don't you give us, us one? Kristen. Yeah.
4: Um, so I have a couple. Um, one of them is John and Jack. They're having this very easy conversation before Locke goes under and when he goes into surgery and, this conversation that they had were of two, two men that really respected the hell out of one another. And I don't think that we got that a lot on the Island and to just watch them genuinely care about each other's lives. Jack wanted to fix Locke. Locke was genuine when he's like, where's your father? Did you find your father? You know, Um, I just really appreciated watching the easiness between the two of them because while that's happening, you know what's happening on the island where they're just like, oh, I'm gonna kill you. Not if I kill you first fucker, you know, like I mean it's really bad. Except and it's then, not
5: Locke, which bothers the hell yeah. out of me. Right. But yes. <laughs>
4: um and then at the and and Jack does say that, you know, because cause Locke's like, just like old times, eh, Jack? Yeah. And Locke's like, or Jack's like, I'm sorry, but you disrespect the man that uh takes his face. What did he say? Because I loved it. Um, uh, you disrespect his name by taking his face. I thought that was one of the best, the best lines because yeah. you you finally hear Jack say everything that he should have said to Locke from the very beginning. Um, in that moment, and he's saying he it said, to Locke's face. Oh, go ahead.
5: Well, he said. It turns out he was right about everything, and I wish I could have told him that when he was right. alive. And I'm thinking, yeah, in this show, if it's faith versus science. Yeah, this shows more about faith, magic, and anything Yeah, like that, right? You know, <laughs> right. Supernatural. Yeah.
4: And then um, at the end, when the last thing that um, that Locke says to Jack in the hospital is, "I hope you find somebody to do for you what you've done for me." I had that, that written down too. That definitely yeah. got me very choked up because. You just know how genuine Locke is. And it's been a really long time since we've seen good Locke. And yes. I just, all my feelings were there. <laughs> Me
5: too. <laughs> and, then, I like. and I like too when Jack says, I need to go pick up my son or something. And he goes, You don't have a son, Jack. And I'm like, That's just the kind of rude yet undeniable truth that would come out of Locke's mouth. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I also, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through to him by saying your son is fake.
5: <laughs> I also I also oh. like
3: to in that conversation with, right as they're prepping for it, you know, and they're like, Well, we hope everything goes well, and Jack says, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact line, but Jack says, like, well, it could be worse, I could kill you. And
5: I'm like, Well, that's pretty much what <laughs> you're man. about to do in yeah. his face yeah. on the island. But All I right. yeah, I love that moment because Jack, like you said, Jack. Well, Jack always wanted to fix people and Locke really needed fixing (laughs) throughout the show (laughs) and, um, Jack got to fix Locke. So yeah,
4: (laughs) yeah, they kind of got what they wanted. Uh, they kind of got what they wanted out of each other in the hospital, which was really nice. Um, how about you guys? Cause I think. Uh,
5: Can I do one? Yeah. Yeah, please Do one more. So Jack, Jack saying he's gonna you know go back down and recork the oh, island is one of and mine. hurley's like how are you gonna make it out of there and jack just doesn't he goes Ooh. And then he tells him, You're gonna have to be the one to take over, basically. And Hurley's like, I can't, and he's crying, it's supposed to be you. And Jack says, It was only supposed to be me, so I can do this. But if someone has to take care of the island, if someone has to protect it, then it should be you, Hurley. I believe in you. And man, that was so great. And he's yeah. like Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> that's that's that's, and that's what just I'm-
4: what Hurley said to Jack at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Yes, he said, I, I, believe, I in believe in you in you, Jack. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I have that too.
3: He says he Hurley says to jack i believe in you dude and then yeah. i have that start as one of my emotional moments too because i did start to get choked up in that with hurley refusing to let jack die and, and wanting to save jack and, and let him be and it wasn't until i was choked up and it wasn't until jack said hurley i believe in you i was like yeah. oh nope i'm done i'm done like it's
5: because it means more out. i think you know hurley says i believe in you jack But that's common, you know, Jack's always the one that people have to kind of follow. So it's Mm -hmm. like, well, thanks. Thanks, man. Um, But when Jack says it to Hurley, then it's kind of feels like a big deal.
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, especially for Hurley, because he has gone through so many, you know, seasons of doubt. You know, poor, poor Hurley is just like, he's, he's the guy that, you know, Sawyer had to get off the helicopter because of Hurley. He's, he Mm. broke the back porch. He, he can't go down the ladder to get onto the boat. He's like, no, fuck, no, I'm not going down there. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, for him to be believed in, I think, especially by somebody of Jack's caliber in, in, especially in Hurley's head, ah, that just had to be the best thing that he's ever heard.
5: And when when me and Karen interviewed Stephen Yeun, who plays Glenn on The Walking Dead, back in season one, and we said that he reminded us of Hurley on Lost, that Glenn mm-hmm. and um, Stephen Yeun hadn't seen Lost, but he's like he didn't seem to like that. He was like, "Oh, isn't he kind of like the um, comic relief?" Which Glenn kind of was early on in Lost. I mean, in uh, Walking Dead, and but what I Karen and I were like, "Yeah, but." And I wanted to say, he, he he's the one who they picked to protect the island, but I didn't want to spoil it, you know? <laughs> so I was like, they're he both becomes very important of, to the show. Yeah, they're the both heart. the
4: heart of the show. I mean, when, you know, when Glenn dies, that, that, that killed my heart
5: <laughs> um and um, while we're on hurley i'll also mention um it, Jorge garcia just has such a lovable face mm-hmm. and uh weezer in 2010 the year lost ended yep. put out an album called hurley with called Jorge hurley. garcia's face on it for we don't know what reason there's nothing on it that has anything to, to do. do with that but <laughs> yeah. just <'cause> his face <laughs> is so great to look at i guess yeah. um, did you did you also
4: love the fact that ben saves hurley
5: with the bottle no in the oh, tree no. right no, the tree, the tree. Yeah. Fell on him
4: goes hugo watch out oh, he yeah, pushes yeah. him out of the mm. way and i mm. thought that that really showed how much ben has grown but also how much everybody just loves hurley <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, nobody wants to see anything bad happen to him
3: yeah because i have that in my notes too is not only does ben save hurley uh it you know everybody actually bands together to save ben you know, which I I loved about that, which is actually going to take me into the last emotional note that I have, which is okay. one one of the things that I've been waiting to talk about getting to this finale because of how much I love this character, and that's Ben's ending. Yeah. I I love Ben's ending so much, starting with you know, Hurley saying that um you know, I can't do this by myself and asking Ben if he'll be if he'll help him and the look on Ben's face that like, this is something he is always, this is just what he's wanted this entire
5: time. Yeah. He, he wanted, wanted Jacob to ask him that <laughs>
3: he wanted to be acknowledged. He wanted to yeah. assist and like, even be being, even being the person to give Jack the bottle, So that Hurley could drink from it was that was him accepting his role of that he's not meant to be the guardian, but as long as he is there to help, that's all he's ever wanted.
4: Well, and and that's Ben also. um, Old Ben would have said, "Uh, "I'm going to drink the water. I'll drink it."
3: Yeah, exactly. Like this shows the this is the completion of the redemption of Ben Linus and you know going even forward to outside of or you know off the island or even telling you know Hurley like though like you know it's your response you can get help to get Desmond home and well how I can't leave the island those are Jacob's rules you can do things differently like him giving Hurley that encouragement that he could change he mm-hmm. can do things differently than Jacob ever
5: did and, and apparently then, when you have that role you can just make up any rule and everyone has to follow it for some reason,
4: there's so called being a parent,
5: <laughs> well, like Charles and Ben couldn't kill each other, even though they True. really wanted I, to
3: there's a lot of this. We talked a little bit about this before, but there's a lot of this that makes me think this is just these are hearsay rules. None of it actually matters. This is just things that they've been kind of ingrained to live by. Like mm-hmm. even when Jacob gives Jack the the power. Or the life, whatever it is, he does all these incantations and everything. But when Jack does it to Hurley, he just drinks the water.
5: But couldn't wouldn't the Man in Black have killed Jacob if he could directly?
3: We well, we talked about that too. We think that we think the Man in Black could have always killed Jacob. He was just under the impression he never could because of Mother. Mother was the one that told them when they were young, "I've made it so that you can't hurt each other."
5: And he just believed it.
3: And he just believed it. He always Mm -hmm. could have killed Jacob. He just was always ingrained in him that he never could.
5: So if you were his friend, then he'd be like, oh, shit, I'm going to try.
4: I have movies (laughs) that I still haven't seen from childhood because my parents told me I wasn't old enough. And to this day, I don't (laughs) think that I'm allowed to watch the movie. (laughs) That's why I haven't seen a lot of 80s movies. Check out
5: Bambi. It's good. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well i mean again it's the whole like Bad. you your parents telling you oh no, you just ate you can't go swimming now right, no, that's bs but we're we're so it's in like it's ingrained in us as kids that we believe it you know even going into adulthood when like it's always been like no that's like that's total rumor and it doesn't matter at all
5: um i do things just because my mom told me not to
3: <laughs>
4: i was a good girl
3: Kind but of. going back to uh, you know to to Ben and that emotional moment, I, you know, it leads me to the final moments with him outside of the church, with Locke pulling up and Locke genuinely or Ben apologizing to Locke
7: mm-hmm. and being
3: sincere about his apology and actually getting forgiveness from John for what he did and saying like and that, saying
5: the hard thing like. I want uh, it was my pride, and I wanted yeah. to be special, but I wasn't. It's like I, Whoa. I was
3: selfish. I, I yeah, wanted yeah. what you had, and even Locke being like, "Well, what was it?" And he's like, uh, "You were special, and I wasn't," you know. And admitting that, and then telling Jock, you know, or telling John, "I think I'll stay here for a while."
4: Meaning- well, he said he had some stuff to work out. Mm-hmm. I yeah. And that's brave because I got to tell you, I wouldn't want to be there when Danielle and Alex's memories come back.
5: <laughs> but it made sense. I mean, Ben wouldn't have fit. It would have just not felt right to have been in there as mm-hmm. much as he's reformed. Like you said, their whole experience with him until the very end was a total adversary.
3: Yeah. And then the final moment with him outside and Hurley um, stepping out of the church. You know, asking him if he'll come mm-hmm. in, you know, you were and, inside. Come on. And and he'll and he says, I think I'll stay here. You know, I think I'll stay outside. And I love the fact that even in that final moment, as they're all ready to move on and Ben is out there, at least this is the way I saw it. Hurley's final words to Ben are see ya, meaning you'll be here. You'll you'll get there eventually
4: when you're ready,
5: when you're ready. He and Hurley having that wait faith, for
4: Alex. I could see that. You know, I think that it's
5: there's no time. So if Alex Oh wait, well Alex is there. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex is there.
4: No, Alex the is- only person that disappeared was uh David. Poor David just
5: Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't exist. <laughs> yep.
4: <laughs> Jack, you don't you really don't have a son. Like stop looking for him at the concert. I mean-
5: I hope he disappeared. Otherwise he's gonna be like dad. <laughs>
4: he's gonna go home being like this sucks. He's he's, <laughs> he's just like an NPC in this story. <laughs> he's good at making <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, yeah, there you go.
3: <laughs> he's just an NPC in this story. Uh, yeah. Um
4: I do have a question. Um, maybe you guys can help me out with this. I I I I really I had a it was my biggest laugh of the entire episode was Richard coming up to Claire and going, Claire, we can go home. Don't you want to go home? And I'm like, where are you going? You're 300 years old. Everybody you know is gone. Like, yeah. you yeah. should stay on He's the like, island.
5: I want to hear this Britney Spears I've been hearing about <laughs> or something. Yeah. I don't know. I want to try Twinkie.
4: Like, I'd really like to see the spinoff of, of um, Richard leaving the island. Like, yeah. what did that look like?
5: He did, huh? He got wait, no. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. on the plate. He made it he, off. He, was yeah, on he the got plane. gray hair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: He wanted to live. That's great. What are you gonna do, man? Cause uh
5: <laughs> Be an actor.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's never seen a cell phone. He's never seen like he probably mm-hmm. hasn't seen like all of these weird, crazy things. Like a big city would probably freak no, him out. That's oh not no, he's true, been cause cause he's, off the he's
5: island. He's been off the island. Oh, that's yes. true. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Never mind. It's not as cool. In education. Yeah. Never mind. It's not as cool. Yeah. He probably went to a Britney Spears he's concert. <laughs> he's,
4: he's like, I'm Britney, bitch. <laughs> yeah.
5: That guy, by the way, Nestor Carbonell, is the nicest guy of oh the cast God. members we've met. Like, incredibly nice. So, such a gentleman. Did you he get was my check?
4: favorite part of Lost while I was watching Lost, like during first watch. Mm. I, oh, I remember just. Whenever Richard showed up, I was like, Richard's here, everybody. Richard's here. (laughs) His
5: episode was so good, too. A few weeks. Yes, Abiturno. Abiturno, yeah. Yeah.
4: oh, one of the best episodes of of the entire last season, for sure.
3: When you Mm -hmm. met him, did you get the chance to ask him why his mascara game was on point?
5: Everybody asks him that. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. He's got good natured about it. Bless him.
3: That's good. (laughs) At least he takes it in stride. Yeah. So... Any other emotional moments that anybody wants to... I've covered one more. All of mine. Okay. Okay, go.
5: Do you have another one, Christian? Nope. Okay. Before we get into the church, which we're saving, is another outside of the church moment where Kate and Jack roll up. Jack still doesn't know what the hell's going on. And Kate says, you can go around back. I'll be inside waiting for you once you're ready. And he says, "Ready for what?" And she says, "To leave." And I still, of course, I don't, I don't know. Watching this the first time, if anybody kind of knew what was going on, right? You can't really figure it out until mm. you get to the end. So, I remember that moment being like, "This is a really uh, emotional moment between the two of them." But what the fuck is going on? Like, right? Exactly. What is this? <laughs> what is about to happen? You know? It's a great me, I have moment. questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. It's like I, I cannot if the house caught on fire i'd just be like can you somebody put that out (laughs) (laughs) so i could finish watching this
4: yeah right no totally absolutely 100 percent and nico are like punching each other unconscious
5: (laughs) shut up just (laughs) quiet down just hit quietly (laughs) (laughs) you guys just give me 10 more minutes (laughs) you're in
4: the cabinet (laughs) um yeah so i if do you have another one ben the emotional moments
3: uh no i think i've covered pretty much all of mine i mean
5: i mean lapidus being rescued but that didn't make me cry it was good that i i love that he is the one that flew them out and stuff Mm -hmm. awesome i love that guy
3: it's lapidus being lapidus Mm
5: -hmm.
3: i did i mean it didn't make me cry but i did it was a feel-good moment to see rose bernard and vincent living yes on the island. island style yeah and and living peacefully and i mean even rose telling but you know desmond like you're good for now but you know i'm going to ask you to leave
4: yeah but then Locke shows up and she's like you're not going anywhere with him
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well i mean and even like even in that moment you know with with desmond and rose you know rose says like you don't have to go anywhere with him that i, I think that just shows even more so how much because at that point not Locke had already threatened to kill them Mm-hmm. And then she still steps up and tells Desmond, you don't have to go anywhere. Like that just shows how much Rose and Bernard have already made peace with everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
3: they, they were, they knew there's a chance that might, John might kill them or not Locke might kill them. They were okay with it. If that was their time to go, that was their time to
1: go.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that, you know, coming back from Sydney, they knew that they were on, they were playing with house money at that point, you know, so the fact that they even found a place to live out their days where Rose didn't have to be sick and they could be happy. Yeah. I mean, anything other than that is just icing on the cake. So,
3: And I love that Rose, she did not know what time period they were in at that point, <laughs> and they didn't care. Yeah. She did not care. They did when not care it, where they were. The sky went right, and now who knows really when. It not matter. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't care where they were. Yeah. So- but that, yeah, that's it for all of my like my like peak emotional moments of the episode.
4: Yeah, so um, I that brings us to uh, character character speak. You want to talk about characters? Oh yeah,
5: I I had a couple of um instances of let me find it here. Characters speaking for the fans, oh, um, and one. I'm cheating a little, but it was a couple episodes ago where the one with, um, the mother and young Jacob and man in black and, um, Jacob's mother, Jacob's real mother asks her where she came from. And she says, each question will only lead to more questions. And I think that's (laughs) Lindelof and Q's. Saying, oh, don't worry about the mysteries because it's just gonna lead nowhere. You know, right. don't ask.
4: We're Remember those color this- bears?
5: <laughs> we're yeah, almost yeah. we're
3: almost to the end. Don't ask more questions.
5: Yeah, just <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, but back to this episode, um Locke is talking to Jack. Oh no, not Locke. Not Locke is talking to Jack upon learning that he's the new protector of the island, and he goes, Jacob being who he is, I expected to be a little more surprised. You're sort of the obvious choice. Don't you think?
4: Yes, (laughs) Yes. absolutely.
5: (laughs) That was great. But the big one is, um, I think they knew that people might be confused because it's complicated with this flash sideways. That's you thought was sort of the reality that happened when they didn't crash, but it turned out, Nope, that was a fake out. It's actually like a kind of a purgatory. So, um, they tried to really tell the listeners a few different ways what was happening. Desmond said, Mm -hmm. um, Uh, the man in black or whatever, destroying the Island, you destroying him. It doesn't matter. He's talking to Jack, you know, you're going to lower me into that light and I'm going to go somewhere else, a place where we can be with the ones we love and not have to ever think about this damn Island again. You know, maybe I can find a way to bring you there too. And Jack says, Desmond, I tried that once. There's no shortcuts, no do overs. What happened happened. Trust me. I know all of this matters. I think that's the writers trying to tell us that everything on the Island really happened, you know, Mm -hmm. and mattered. But to this day, I think, maybe the majority of lost fans and definitely a lot of them think that everyone was dead on the island and it was purgatory. not true. They think that though. I hear people say that all the time all and, the time yeah and and the flash sideways um, it, it, it's another reason it's confusing is because it kind of is a supernatural phenomenon that is kind of separate from the island. It's purgatory. it doesn't have to do with the supernatural stuff that was going on on the island. I don't think you know it's its mm-hmm. own. Yeah supernatural thing, but th- just to drive it home. And then, so that got people mixed up too, but just to drive it home at the end, Jack says to his father after they hug, well, I'm, I'm kind of cheating here, but no, it's fine. Go for um, it. Okay. He goes, are you real? And Jack said, or he goes, father says, yeah, I'm real. You're real. Everything that's ever happened to you is real. All those people in the church, they're real too. And it's like, you hear me? Everyone yeah. that all <laughs> happened. Yeah. They're real. But right. then, some executive or somebody in the design department in lost, not Carlton Cuser Damon Lindelof decided to show the wreckage of the plane as the credits were rolling. And so, People thought that meant they actually died in the crash. Mm -hmm. And no, Jack's father clearly said it was all real. And he even said they all died at different times, some before Jack and some later. So if you were paying attention at all, you should have known. But it just shows that a lot of people, and I know I've been in this place too, aren't really watching. They're just kind of halfway paying attention. You can't Mm -hmm. watch Lost like that.
0: Yeah.
5: That's always been. Go ahead.
4: And that's kind of the thing about Lost, though, is that. And correct me if if you have a different show, because this was that show for me. This was the first time I realized you should pay attention to television. This was like, the
3: first water cooler television show mm-hmm. that I remember. I mean, so I, mean, much-
5: you, you, I think I said this in our first episode, like it because you don't you can't categorize everything and then just kind of put it in the background of your mind because there's so many things that this is where the mystery really served the show. You don't know what, why this polar bears there, why this, what this smoke thing is. So you're fully like, if you're watching at all and not doing anything else at the same time, you're switched on. Like Mm -hmm. you can't help. In my opinion, I couldn't help but pay attention. I was just like, what is that? What is that?
3: Right. I know I've brought this up before, but this was the first show that I ever can remember. Like I used to work in, at a radio station. This this show was so engaging and was so because of like this whole where you had to pay attention. The radio station, the morning show that I worked for every when Lost aired on Wednesday, every Thursday morning during their morning show, they spent 20 minutes talking about last night's lost.
5: Yeah. I mean, there there were bulletin boards lost really spawned the whole tv podcast thing and i don't know if it would have happened or at least not the way it did lost is like we need to talk about this show so there was podcasts and that's what karen and i fell in love with the jay jack podcast and modeled walking Deadcast after that so if not for the show lost you know podcasts can probably wouldn't exist and walking Deadcast wouldn't exist you know because it was know. just like we need to Yeah, we wouldn't know each other if not for this show. (laughs) That's right. I don't think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the flash sideways. The sucky one.
3: But you're right. Like, whenever people would say, like, oh, look, I I hated the ending because they were dead the whole time. I'm like, no, they really weren't. Like, you did not pay attention. (laughs) Like, it's said a couple of times in the finale. Everything that happened was real.
5: You just didn't hear it. They yeah, all died at just, different times. Yeah. But
4: that's just humanity, right? I mean, we we see a headline or we hear one person tell us something and that's it. That's the story, you know? And everybody mm. kind of fills in the blanks where it where it fits their own narrative and it fits their own mind. So, you know, because whenever somebody says, Oh yeah, that show, yeah, they were all dead the whole time and you're like, Well, where'd you hear that? I don't know. Did you see it? No great
5: yeah (laughs) i heard a rumor and i don't know if it's true but the guy saying it seemed pretty convinced he heard it from someone in the know that that was the original idea when they first started the show but since everyone guessed it like in season one they changed it i don't know that
4: same rumor i've heard i don't know if it's true but i mean as far as
3: as far as to the whole art direction of you know the end credits and playing the like the just showing the scenery and everything. I thought that was just a great way to kind of be in a serene moment. Like, you know,
4: like YouTube we, gives you your moment of Zen.
3: Yeah. Like we, yeah. we had just lost Jack. <laughs> we didn't need to go into like this Michael Giacchino hard, like closing credit. Like this was just the nice serene Zen way. Like everything is now at peace. This is how we're wrapping everything up.
5: And I was fine. I would have, I would have preferred without the wreckage. Because that just reminds me of that opening chaotic scene of everybody bleeding and dying. You know, yeah, that's what's in my head, even though it was quiet. So I hear what you're saying, but maybe yeah. if they just shown the beach, yeah, maybe or something. if they
4: <laughs> showed the perspective, like where we were looking at their their camp, the camp that they, made yeah. on the beach instead with like the fruit and right. everything like that. Yeah, maybe
5: I get it. Or that's Hurley's crazy. face.
4: But <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's it just like- turns. <laughs> Then it just turns
3: into a Weezer album. Exactly. Yeah. They just started playing
4: Weezer. (laughs) That's perfect. Um, So I'm just going to talk about something real quick because it's one of, I I have, I don't have a lot of notes left, but one of them that I do have is, um, and and I read later that this was actually supposed to happen, but for some reason it didn't happen. um, That when Miles and, Richard are rowing the boat, you know, and they're trying to get to Hydra Island. Um, They go over the submarine wreckage and miles has no reaction. And, Last episode, he just walked over Alex's grave and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like all discombobulated. And apparently, originally, this this whole scene was supposed to be much more dramatic and it was supposed to be um, much more emotional because the original plan for that scene was for him to row over everybody's death and to see all the snippets of the last moments of Jin and Son and Saeed. Um and everybody else so that we could have gotten like the opposite of like the flashes of awakening that everybody was having and the flash sideways and instead have him like show, you know, what was going on underneath. And anyways, um, I just hate that 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 opportunity wasn't utilized because I just love Miles as a character. Just, I thought he was a great character. I thought he deserved more of an ending and more of an impact at the end um, of the series.
3: Yeah, especially with the especially the fact too, and I mean, and maybe it's very similar to, you know, Daniel and Eloise getting a chance to actually be a family maybe they were doing the same thing with miles and pierre because they never really got the yeah. opportunity to be a family mm. either some maybe that's why they never gave miles that awakening moment they were giving him time to actually be a family
5: so like- i suspect too that just because they didn't really give that moment to characters who came later in the show because they uh, it was just a suspicion but they only had so much time and they just decided to focus on the ones that have been around longer, you know?
4: Yeah. So the only person that wasn't in season one and two that was in the church was Juliet. And she obviously belongs there anyways, but um, every other character was from the first or second season, the front from the plane.
3: She took Michael's spot. (laughs)
5: Know, <laughs> that sucks that's a nitpick of mine that michael wasn't there i think and just the way his character was treated well, well i mean
3: and that's the thing like i can understand michael not being there because we do get a kind of a wrap-up of michael's story telling him you know where he's telling hurley like he is stuck on the island he cannot move on so yeah. that kind of gives them the out for not having michael oh there. that's
5: true but yeah. what
4: why but, not walt yeah he was an adult by then
5: yeah they couldn't because if everybody returns to the age they were at the most important time in their life, that's they true. They couldn't do that with him.
3: So it was just the age of the actor is probably the reason why they couldn't bring Walter. Maybe, into that. but I
5: think if from that article that came out recently, maybe Harold Perrineau just wasn't on good terms with them. I don't know. I don't know. You
0: he still came know. back for an
5: episode in that sixth season. But I, but I oh yeah good Point, but I'm glad just while we're on the subject of him that he's gotten the show from where he's front and center and he's the main guy. And that show has Jack Bender directing a bunch of e- episodes and executive producing, and uh, Jeff Pinkner, one of the writers, and another uh, Javier Griel, Mark's watch. Like, so there's a lost, you know, genetics in that show. How scary
4: for sure. is that show?
5: It's pretty scary, but it's good, and I think you might, I think you'd love it as long as you don't get too scared.
4: That's the problem. Oh, they christened yeah. yeah. out. It looks <laughs> Yeah, It's really, <laughs> really good. It's
5: very Lost-like. It is.
4: I, and I love Harold Pernial He's one of the reasons. He's one of the two reasons why I even started watching Lost. It was him and uh, um, Dominic Monacan. Uh, both of them is the reason why I started watching it because I love those he's two actors Matrix, so right. much. Yeah. Um, he was, no, he was in Lord of the Rings. Parab- Parano was, was in the Matrix. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. of
5: the sequels or something.
4: Um, yes. Well, he was Mercutio in um in Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's the first time I ever saw him. Oh, yeah. And I thought he was right. brilliant. Yeah. And so when I saw that he was going to be on a TV show, I'm like, yeah, every week, Mercutio. <laughs>
5: um, it's it's a bummer because I know you would love that show as it, it, just because it's very much the characters and the mysteries like lost. Yeah. Uh, and some are assholes that you can be mad at and some are mysterious and some are just heroes you know but yeah it's pretty freaky
3: well that right there (laughs) is just another prime example as to how lost kind of changed the landscape of everything kind of going back to a previous conversation because now whenever a show like that happens what's the show we always compare it to lost we compare it to lost
5: Lost. Mm -hmm. it's always walking dead was like the spiritual successor to lost just the new water cooler show yeah yeah I feels similar in that. a lot of ways yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i can i can see that as well
4: and not a lot of people not a lot of people were able to replicate the same feeling that i think they tried. lost did yeah i yeah. mean that that show the 4400 they really tried and then there was another show called the event that mm-hmm. i thought was really good but it got canceled um and then manifest, most which- recently was manifest but they decided to go religious super religious yeah at the wrong time in uh mm. history so anyways um what else
3: does who who wants to go next well do we have any other main points jason that you kind of want to
5: touch on because
3: a lot of my uh, stuff is
5: just little notes let me see before here. we get um, to obviously
3: the last 10 yeah minutes and everything
5: no i just have a couple notes that's it
4: okay um um do you think that what would have happened if everybody just left and let the island sink? I mean, now that the black smoke was gone,
5: I think everyone would die. You think so? Maybe because they have to protect the heart of the island. Maybe it could be okay underwater.
4: It'd be it certainly be protected. But maybe they just needed a protector. I don't know. I just, I had that thought like, what if Hurley had gone down the ladder? What if Jack took Kate up on actually leaving and letting the island mm. sink? You know, like there's a couple moments where the story could have really been different. Well, I, think I mean, that- I,
5: my sense was if that light is not protected, everyone on the planet dies. Mm. And so that's what I got out of it. That's you what know, I got whether, out of it too. But I don't know for sure if. The island sinks would. But then the question is, well, what does the man in black think about that? Because he wants to destroy the island. And yet he seems to think he's going to be living in a world with other people. So does he just not know that's going to happen? Or am I wrong that that's going to happen? You know? Yeah. I, don't
3: know. Um, I think either way, I think regardless as to whether or not the island would have sank or not, I, I don't think Jack would have gone anywhere. I, Jack knew his yeah. time
5: was up. Can't let go. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, not only that, but he he had that stab wound. Jack knew he wasn't surviving. He knew his life was over at that point. I mean, he even says that to Hurley before he goes back down, and he's like, "I'm already dead," because he mm. knows. Like yeah. they've, it. I mean, it's it's a battle. Which, by the way, I love the cinematography of the final showdown between Jack and Nutlock. Yeah, it's very like Kurosawa esque, which I I was really tense. Yeah, but and then Jack comes in with that Superman punch before yeah. it goes to like black. But I mean, in that battle, they kill each other.
4: Yes. Mm,
0: like good point. They, neither one yeah. of them
3: survives that battle, technically. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kate does come in with that badass, I saved you a bullet. Which I, <laughs> I love that call back to
5: him. The, like, just the angle of it on that rock was so precarious the way they filmed it. It was really, really Sense. Yeah,
3: but i lo- I love that moment too because when Kate is firing at not lock earlier on he's like, you know you might want to save your bullets and then at the oh. end she's like oh, I yeah, saved yeah. you a bullet <laughs> and shoots him which was great awesome. um you know which i I love that and then we kind of get the call back we've been seeing it for a number of episodes, but there was never an explanation to Jack's neck constantly bleeding-
5: mm-hmm.
3: and then now we know it's because it's one of the last wounds he takes before he dies mm-hmm. is th- is not lock's knife to his neck
5: Who's your biggest crush on the show?
3: Claire. Mine's <laughs> he easy. says without Claire, pausing. Chris.
4: Without Me? pausing. Sawyer.
5: Sawyer, yeah. 100% My, Sawyer. Mine's you? also Sawyer. No, it's um, <laughs> uh, Kate. Kate. Mm.
4: I can
3: see. I mean, I can see any answer being.
5: <laughs> right. Because they're Pretty all. Much, it's, yeah. it's such an attractive. Maybe not. Ernst.
4: <laughs> no. Oh, but if I were to choose a girl, definitely Anna Lucia. Because <laughs> I love Michelle Rodriguez so much.
3: I feel like by you saying that now, that means Jason and I have to choose a guy.
4: Oh She's yeah, Sawyer. Let's it's see. very easy. Um, Sawyer and Saeed are my two crushes. They always have been. I love Naveen Andrews. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Be I, you mine? Know, if,
3: if I went with a love guy, it. you know what? I, it's probably Desmond.
5: Oh yeah, that's a good one. It's I'm thinking Jack, but am I a glutton for punishment? Probably a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) It's not very pleasant. I don't know why.
4: No. Well, do you want old Jack or final Jack? (laughs) (laughs) Would you want yeah, would you want before Jack or would you want final Jack?
5: Final final Jack. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe That's not so better.
4: much a glutton for punishment, right? No, yeah, okay. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. You're final, welcome. Final. Trying form, to make Jack. you feel better about your choice. Final form. Um, <laughs> final
3: form. Yeah. Final form. Um, do you guys think Jack was aware the whole time that Notlock was going to lose his powers?
5: No, mm-hmm. and become mortal because he said. I have. I'm going to kill you, and Notlock said how, and he goes, "It's a surprise." And then somebody asked him, "How are you going to kill him?" And he goes, "Uh, well, I think Desmond has something to do with it, but I'm not sure." So mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think he really knew.
3: Well, because he just had then, a hunch. But then he attacks him immediately after they get out of the cave. Like he knew this was going to hurt him. Because then <laughs> he punches him. He bleeds, and he says to Notlock, "It looks like you were wrong too." I love. I that think fate. he
5: was just trying it out, but yeah, yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah.
4: It's like he sees the blood. He's like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah. he got really excited.
3: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah, he's just straddling him. He's like, looks like you were wrong too. And like, and then we get into that final confrontation.
4: Oh, that side stab that Locke gave to him was just sickening. And I read that uh, they forgot to switch out the prop knife during that scene. And
3: uh, Jack really died. Dude.
4: Jack oh, Matthew Fox actually did get stabbed and the only Jesus reason Christ. why the only reason why he didn't get hurt was because it was the one time he was wearing the Kevlar vest. They actually talked about going without the Kevlar vest because they couldn't get the right angle and they couldn't get things to like work co- with with the choreography of the fight. And so Matthew Fox is like, "Well, let me just go without the Kevlar." And they're like, "No, no, you're not going to do that." And then in the next scene he gets for real stabbed
3: well that's also take it, it maybe their stunt people were yeah. kind of slacking in this final season because isn't there wasn't there something we were talking about where somebody actually got pu- like michael emerson actually gets punched in the face he gets
4: punched in the eye in the last yeah. one
3: yeah uh and I, I still have a couple other little notes but i don't want to kind of hijack the conversation if other people have stuff to- uh
5: i thought i mean i just thought it was funny when um hurley said that jacob is worse than yoda yeah
3: (laughs) i i also like how he says before they go to commercial break i got a bad feeling about this yeah Yeah. which is said in pretty much every star wars movie
5: (laughs) (laughs) and i thought it was funny that charlie that who was it charlotte woke, woke him up and said he needed they were going to play and he's all how do you know i'm in the band and then there was a sign that said bass player wake me up for show on him
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have to say too in that moment so uh kristen to kind of correct myself from last week where i thought that it was an orchestra playing and charlie was coming into a company i was way off on that it was actually all of driveshaft because everybody yeah. else was there it was yep.
5: daniel widmore accompanied by driveshaft yep um, I just had a, a, two more. Um, Desmond makes Kate put on this dress to go to a concert. That reminded me of when Ben had Kate wear a dress. Different circumstances, but yeah. for breakfast, they're breakfast together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I always thought that Saeed actually should have been with Nadia in the church, not Shannon.
4: So we talked about this earlier um, in the podcast because we've had the same thoughts and we've talked about it endlessly every single mm-hmm. time that there's a Saeed episode. And the final episode with Saeed and Nadia and the flash sideways kind of shed some light that you could make a very, very serious uh, inference that um, Nadia and Saeed were never meant to be together. And it was the flash sideways that really kind of highlighted that because even in his flash sideways, he still was pining over her because his brother ended up marrying her. Mm. Um, And so I think, yeah, I think that that was just one of those, we love each other, but we're just not meant for each other. Uh, I would have been okay with Saeed not having to f- be woken up by Shannon, too.
5: Yeah. I feel like they kind of just wanted a reason to bring Shannon back into it, maybe. Although they could have done something with Boone. Uh, well, Boone wasn't around either, so I don't know. Yeah.
4: I would have liked to have seen Locke wake Boone up. Yeah. Because Locke was so important to Boone. Push him off a cliff
5: or something? No, I'm just
4: kidding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly like that. And even right as he lands, he goes, I remember.
3: Oh, well, (laughs) I mean, and to say the opposite, too, Locke was important to Boone, but Boone was also very important to Locke, I think, in the same sense.
4: But not as as much as as the opposite. Yeah, on his experience in the island, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't choose Boone to be the one to wake up lock Mm -hmm. definitely jack in that moment was was the best moment especially because a lot of locks um biggest moments were his own self-reflection and his self-growth so for him to be fixed by by jack and him looking up at his toe and seeing that his toe was wiggling that brings him back to his really his most miraculous thing that ever happened on the Island, which was his first moments on the Island of,
5: mm-hmm.
4: of being able to walk again.
5: I also God. liked when, um, was it Hurley or, uh, was it Ben telling Locke, you probably don't need that chair anymore at the mm-hmm. church. And yeah. Locke's like, Oh yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Up.
3: I, I think one of my favorite things too, about when you look at all the characters in their enlightenment or their wake up moments, whatever you want to call them, it's, I love the fact that they show how much these characters are all connected in that I don't think any one person wakes up more than one other person. Everybody is woken up by somebody else, whether it's, you know, Juliet and Sawyer wake each other up. You know, J- Locke is woken up by Jack. Every, there's no one person who wakes up multiple people everybody mm-hmm. is woken up by somebody else and it just shows the web of connection between all these other characters and shows how mm-hmm. well these characters are connected to each other
5: and jack kind of woke up a little bit with Locke and a little bit with kate but not i guess that does not doesn't count it's just a look a little flash but well, not it until he takes a little longer well and i yeah, do yeah. have a theory about that which
3: we'll get to when we talk about the um the last couple minutes of the episode um but as far as the only other notes that i have um i love how the episode there's two scenes that the episode opens with the first one being showing all the character reflections of themselves in the real life and in the, the flash sideways uh and then i like how we kind of get the episode opening with jack standing in the water which is kind of like this is a baptism this is a new Jack. He's been mm. reborn by the waters of this Island. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And then I think many he...
4: times over.
3: Yes, exactly. And then the only other final note I have other than being happy, seeing the plane taken off um, and the Island being restored to the way it is, you know, um, Claire's fear of going home was, was very interesting, but I love how Kate's the one that kind of brings her out of that. But the only other one I have is, uh, another favorite moment of mine from this episode is uh, Jack and um, Jack and Sawyer's final goodbye to each other. Mm. When Sawyer mm-hmm. is the one that says, thanks doc for everything. And there's this mutual, there's this, they've always kind of mutually respected each other, but they just never got along. And Sawyer being the one to kind of offer up that. Thanks before Jack does, I thought spoke very highly of Sawyer's character so much so that when we get the following scene in the Flash Sideways, it's Sawyer and Jack crossing each other in the hallway of the hospital. When mm-hmm. Sawyer looking for a place to you know something to eat, and Jack points him to the vending machine. Sawyer says, "Thanks, Doc," and he second guesses that because mm-hmm. that's familiar to him
4: now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I was, loved that saying that. Yeah, I loved that. Well, anything with Sawyer, I love. But yes, definitely. Sawyer's great. I love it that he came upon them and he's like, he took the gun and he took the bag and he's like, I'll see you again. I'll see you soon. You know, he just like backs up. I, <laughs> I love Sawyer so much. Yeah. He's great.
3: I told you, he's one of the characters I've gained such a new appreciation for in this rewatch. You're
4: welcome. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs>
3: that's all. That's <laughs> yeah. all of my notes other than the the end. So I don't yeah, know if I'm anybody good to anything go else. For
4: yep. Talking about the end.
5: Everybody's- oh, I I only one other thing I just thought of is when um I think it was Ben called Lapidus on the radio. Do you have an ETA on when that plane's gonna be done? Don't bother me. <laughs> oh, I think they're sounds, sounds like, they're like they're making, they're making progress.
4: progress. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good Ben moment for sure. I'm like,
3: like, you know, I've said it already in this episode and I've said it multiple times over the course of this entire podcast and like the fact that Michael Emerson came in and was only supposed to do three to four episodes of the show and became such a dynamic character to the point where he's such a huge part of this show by the end, I just. And he's such a complex character. That's one of the reasons why he is my favorite character on the show.
5: I mean, watching him and Terry O'Quinn, who can just breathe so much character and in life into any words they say beyond the writing, you know, is such a pleasure. They're yeah. so good. And Michael Emerson, um, he, I got to do a panel with just him once. Oh, I'm I so have jealous. And, and he. <laughs> He was a very pleasant person and he, like, I think maybe on any loss panel, you get a lot of questions like, what what did this mean? And what did that mean? And he tried his damn best to answer every question in detail, you know, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then I saw him alone at the bar that night and uh, I just walked up and I was like, that was a good panel. And he goes, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He asked me to sit down and have a drink with him. Which was like Ugh. that never happened anywhere right, else. Right. That was amazing. I'm, I'm ready to let you go now. I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you ever get a chance to talk funny. to him,
3: I well, so okay. I have. I have. Unfortunately, with the strikes happening right now, nobody's doing any kind of interviews, and which
5: mm. was really. He stabbed ashamed. me later that night. By the way, just oh, did he? So, okay. Yeah. Well, now I don't so feel so as bad. That's how he. That's how he is. Yeah. Um, Screw him. <laughs> I, I had every intention
3: of reaching out to a bunch of different actors to try and get him on for the end of this this wrap up. Um, because I have reached out to both Michael Emerson and Terry O'Quinn's people, and I've heard back from both. Um, I have heard there was interest in for for Michael to come on, and then things just kind of fell apart. And then Terry O'Quinn, I heard back almost immediately from his publicist, and it's, she said he loves Lost, but he doesn't like to kind of focus on past projects. He wants to talk mm. about the future. So he, he wasn't willing to come on to talk about Lost because he wanted to talk about other stuff, which I mm. totally understand sure Uh, but it would have been great to be able to have that conversation with him about about the show
5: absolutely
3: yeah so then with that said let's dive into the the final moments of this finale which i think are some of the most meaningful but i think also maybe some of the most polarizing uh you know because if people aren't paying attention as we mentioned you kind of miss the point of everything. Uh, You know, and it it starts with Jack's Jack finally getting his enlightenment. And it's through uh, touching the the coffin of his father, Christian, who is actually standing there and talks to him. And I think this goes into like my little bit of theory as to why it took Jack so long is Jack needed to see because he in that whole transition of being the man of science, the man of faith, it is kind of a little bit of a regression in that he needs tangible proof that this is what it is. And seeing a man he knows has passed standing in front of him is finally that tangible proof. Everything else can be kind of written off. Uh, you know, If that makes sense, like these flashes that he's seeing, they could just be in his head, they could be whatever. Mm-hmm. But seeing his father who he knows has passed like actually talking to him and his father is the one that helps him realize he's dead because he says to christian like you're dead and christian said you know is like what well what are you and then jack says i don't understand you died
5: how are you here and christian said how are you here that's it yeah there's this pause where he's like welling up with emotion I died too, and I kind of died when I heard him say that. (laughs) It's like, oh, damn! And it it is the moment that Jack Jack finally realizes,
4: and Christian just looked devastated by it too. He looked devastated that he was standing in front of his dead son. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. But it also
3: makes me realize too, because Christian is there, which means Christian is now a part of this because he's the first one to walk through the door after opening it. So Christian is moving on with everybody else, which kind of lightens up Christian as a character because we're all meant to yeah. believe throughout all of this that he was a, you know, he had another family, he had an affair, like he wasn't that great of a father, he was very hard on Jack, which is all true. But deep down Christian loved his son. So the fact that Christian stayed behind to move on with his son speaks a lot about Christian and really lightens that character in the end.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It made him feel like an ally and a father. And, and it's maybe hard to remember after so many years and watching this multiple times, but that was the moment when we, maybe we suspected, but hoped that they weren't dead. But when he said, I died too, then you're like, Oh my God. They're dead. And that's really sad, but it's also for most of us, anyway, or a lot of us, a satisfying ending. Maybe that's another reason why people didn't like this ending because they just thought it was too much of a downer for them to have all Mm. died, you know. But you got to die sometime, as Christian says, everyone dies at some point. (laughs) Yeah.
4: But it was also just so beautifully written. You know, so it's like if you're gonna talk about death and you're gonna like really like kind of embrace the subject the way that they do in this episode, it's so beautifully written. Like it makes you be like, Yeah, okay, let's let's find out what happens beyond that door. Let's go. You know, I hope that I hope that there's a place for me that I've made with everybody that I love that, you know, I get to wake up and do the same thing. Like that's awesome. quite the way to transition. If, 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 if that's real, if that were to be real, Oh man, I'd look forward to it. You know? A good point.
5: It'd be yeah. such a joy to get to experience that at the end of your life, whenever mm-hmm. that comes to be.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and I and
5: I feel like they're all together. That's my canon ending that they went through oh, that yeah. thing together and they got to spend all of eternity with each other, you know?
4: On the island.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh
3: they're
4: like, wait, excuse
3: me. <laughs> but that I mean, but that's just it too. Seeing them all sitting together in the church, everybody together from Rosen Bernard, Charlie Claire, Aaron, like everybody there. And then Christian opening that door and the place just filling with this light. Like, this is them moving on. And I love the fact, too, that, like, even Desmond calls it throughout this, like, you know, we want I want to leave. And Christian is the one that says, no, you're not leaving. You're moving on.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And mm-hmm. that's the most beautiful way to put it, too. And I just that final scene mm-hmm. is just it really sums up everything again again about how, like, they weren't dead the whole time. Everything happened is real. We're getting this wrap up of all these characters. They're all together. i I love Jack and Boone hugging in the church. I love Hurley grasping Jack and picking him up and bear hugging him. You know, like it's just, you know, with Libby I in there the, with Hurley, everybody. it's just it's amazing.:
4: I love the fact that um that Christian was there you know like we often forget he was on the plane you know he was a big part especially in the first in the first season you know he manifested well he it wasn't him but you know jack chased him through the jungle he was you know he took um he was with claire for a little bit you know he's claire's father i mean he was without being there Like in the flesh, as one of the main cast members, he was still part of their major part of the the show, yeah, Yeah. major part of the story. So, at first, I'm like, Christian Shepard, what are you doing here? Like, what do you have to do with anything? And I'm like, you have everything to do with everything, like, you're the reason why Jack was on the plane, you know. Of course, he was gonna wake up when he touched the coffin because that was. One of the most defining things that happened to Jack, if it wasn't for Christian's death, he wouldn't be in Sydney. He wouldn't be on the plane. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even be the, you know, self-hating doctor that he was in his, you know, original life. So um, you know, it took me a, a couple of minutes to actually kind of process that through and, and understand why Christian was there. But I love it that he was their shepherd. He was the one that open the doors that said come follow me and did you notice next to the doors on either side were two angels and one was wearing a blue dress and one was wearing a pink dress
5: mm, i didn't even see that i i didn't either
3: what does that mean
4: remember i talked about blue and the blue and oh the that's red right last year, that's right You did last week and i could not figure out
3: oh yeah that's right yeah um, I love the fact too. I actually have it in my notes. Um, I have actually Christian Shepherd, but actually is capitalized yeah. because you're right. Because every time Jack has seen Christian, it's mm-hmm. always been the man in black taking the form of Christian Shepherd. Yeah. That was kind of revealed. This time, he's talking to Christian, and it as actually Christian Shepherd.
5: That's why he's like, "Are you real?" It's like, "Hey, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, that guy john terry he passed away a couple of years ago
0: oh i didn't know that
5: causes and uh the i so i asked ChatGPT gpt who of the other actors have passed and only him according to chat gpt and mira furland also who played. i, Gunner, I remember
3: she, she passed, passed away i think somewhat too. recently right
5: yeah around the same time both of them okay 2021
3: okay yeah
5: um, they were in a plane crash. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> um, if any of them
4: were me. to die by a plane crash, that would just be <laughs> so sad. <laughs> I know. I,
3: I would be like, wait, you need me to go where for filming? Um, Can we take a breath? <laughs> uh, so
5: I I like <laughs> with Christian, um,
6: he
5: He says, uh, you know, that... You've made this place together. It's people from the most important part of your life, and he goes. That's why you're all here. Nobody does it alone, Jack. You needed all of them, and they needed you. And that echoes back to me of his whole famous "live together, die alone." There, but now they're dying together, kind of. Mm-hmm. And you know they're together. That's the important thing. And now he also has to let go. He has to let go and move on to the next place. So I, uh, this moment, this whole sequence, just killed me i was bawling and today watching it again sobs and seeing them all hugging and everything and then you know interspersed with jack stumbling on the island and then his eye closed i i just was so emotional watch more than anything i can ever remember watching maybe the end of um six feet unders close that's another great ending but uh and then when the show was over i felt depressed for like a week afterwards like i'd been through a breakup or something it was <laughs> i've never quite f- taken it so hard <laughs> when the show ended before
3: right i i mm-hmm. didn't really i didn't really notice it until maybe more recently not this i've noticed it before this rewatch but i didn't know really pick up on it the first time i ever watched the finale how beautifully this series is bookended in the way it wraps, because we do get those moments in the church, but they're not the final moment of the series. As mm-hmm. you mentioned, you kind of see Jack stumbling through the bamboo and as he's stumbling through the bamboo, he's headed to, if you're looking at the screen, he's walking to the right or he's walking to the left. He passes the sneaker that's hanging mm-hmm. off the piece of bamboo. He lies down in the bamboo and Vincent comes in. So Jack actually doesn't die alone because Vincent is lying <laughs> by him side.
4: Well a dog love- is lying by his side.
3: Well, it's meant to be Vincent.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened to Vincent? I guess Vincent was Hurley's pre- dog after that, huh? Yeah.
3: Or went back to Rose yeah. and Bernard because Rose and Bernard are still on the island. Oh.
5: Oh yeah. Okay. They never
3: leave. Um yeah. I love you just kind of get this feeling that Jack is finally at peace, especially with the smile on his face when he sees the plane fly overhead like it's such a relief to him to know these people are getting off the island. They're going to survive. He
4: did his job. Yeah. He didn't die for nothing.
3: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's such a, as I mentioned, it's such a beautiful bookend because the series begins the very first scene of the series in the pilot, which Kristen, you would know because you just recently rewatched it, but the kids, um, it starts with him, his eye opening. Cause the series ends with the final eye closing. Uh, it ends with Vincent coming out of the bamboo to his side and jack chasing after him to the right of the screen passing mm-hmm. the shoe that is hanging on the
0: bamboo
3: mm-hmm. uh out to the beach where everything is so it's again it's just a beautiful bookend
0: to mm-hmm.
3: how the show began and i i kind of love it
5: he landed I, I in was, the bamboo
3: and he and he dies in the
5: bamboo you know they end with lost at the end the boom lost Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I was thinking, what if it said found at the very end? But I'm like, eh, maybe that's a little cheesy.
3: <laughs> it could be something SNL did.
4: That would be amazing.
3: <laughs> <So>. Found. <laughs> but, I mean, that is pretty much everything I have on this finale.
4: I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it was beautiful. I'm so glad that you, um, that you wanted to share this with us, Jason. This was really fun.
5: Well, thanks. I'm glad that you wanted me to because I almost feel like you guys did this all this whole time that I, I feel a little bit intrusive, but um, it was definitely a lot of fun. And thank you for letting me come in and share it.
3: Well, and anytime. Sh- and you had shared a while back too that. You were like, oh, I want to come back on for the finale. And I think we were only maybe like in season two or three when you said it. We were like, nope,
4: it's pretty uh, I much think a the whole given
5: we thing. Just yeah, like. I like the idea of that.
4: You opened our eyes and now we're closing your <laughs> eyes. <laughs>
3: and I mean, and I'm I'm sure I speak for Kristen when I say this too. We know you're also a big fan of, of Ted Lasso. So, you know, hopefully we'll get you back on for, for Ted Lasso when we start that I'd love
5: too. to. Yeah, it'd be fun. I'm so. going to
4: go find a fucking windmill.
5: I'm <laughs> <laughs> so
3: um,
0: excited. Nah,
3: now you know I got to play it now that you said now it. Now I know you're going to Let's
5: go find a fucking windmill!
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to let you go before we go into feedback. But before we let you go, um, tell people where... You know, we we plug Podcastica, but so you're the creator of it, so it's better said in your in your words this time (laughs) around. What do you got going on? Tell us about Podcastica, all that fun stuff.
5: Yeah, if anyone's at all curious, I I I think a lot of people hear me say go to Podcastica.com, but nobody ever does, or not a lot of people. Go there and check it out. The website's actually really useful. You can search through all the episodes. But if you just click the podcast tab, you can see all of the podcasts that we do, all the shows that we cover. And you can click through to apple podcasts or whatever platform you're on um but right now i'm excited to get started on the daryl show which premieres tomorrow or you know this weekend yeah uh gerald dixon in france it, it looks like it's pretty good it's a silly premise but um i've i've heard show, some i've heard some mixed good. but we'll
3: uh, we'll see i'll watch for myself
5: I mean, I made a joke because I went to Rotten Tomatoes and the score was sixty nine, and I was like, even his <laughs> RT score is cool. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, I, the what the people seem to be saying is there's a lot of good things about it. If there's anything that's not good, it's that it's a little too close to the formula. But there's nothing that I've heard where they're saying it's bad, you know. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Aside from that, I've been having a blast covering White Lotus with my wife, Jenny, and our friend, Randy, that HBO show, The White Lotus, uh, getting into that. and um, You just finished
4: the first season, right?
5: Yeah, we're going to move on to season two next week,
4: which I didn't like
5: as much, but I'm thinking podcasting about it will make me appreciate it more.
3: And I think uh, you're also toying with the – I know you haven't really decided on it 100% yet, but I think you're toying with the idea of doing – a rewatch of the walking dead.
5: That's right. No, we're, we're going, yeah, that's the plan. And we did an episode of the cast of us, you know, where we cover walking dead stuff recently um, about Daryl, about our favorite, things about daryl and so i had to go back and do some research and watch some scenes and uh, you know after podcasting about the walking dead for 12 years i was like i need a break you know that's that's good Mm -hmm. for a while but now after some time has passed and going back and watching those scenes i was like oh god yeah that that was so good now i'm really into the idea of starting the rewatch maybe sooner than i thought we would so we might actually start it you know after the daryl show is over
4: yeah i'm totally going to follow along. Yay. I've been wanting to rewatch it, but I need a reason.
5: Yeah. So. Well, there you go. You get everybody going and people can come guest. You guys can come guest if yeah. you want. I that mean, you great. know, yeah, we're, we're
3: going to be starting Ted Lasso, but
5: yeah, there's another show you can
3: watch along and <laughs> follow along when you guys do. Are you going to do that on the cast of us?
5: Yes. Okay. And then we'll take breaks when other shows come out, like the other spinoffs in the La- if the last of us ever comes back on again, uh, hopefully soon. Better come uh, But, and just like, just, like, we cover all kinds of shows. We've got um, Kristen and Jonathan and James doing Ahsoka right now, and they're awesome. And Loki's coming out soon. And, you know, just uh, if you go and check, there's a decent chance a show you like will be covered by us on there somewhere.
3: Yeah. That's what we tell everybody when we promote it every week is that there's something for everybody over at Podcastica. Yeah. You just got to go look and check it out. So, uh, yeah. So, Jason, thank you so much for coming back on. I'm again. It's been a long journey covering the show, uh so we're glad that you came back on to to be a part of wrapping up that story. Thank you, so thank you, yeah, all right. Let's dive into some feedback for this finale episode in which we actually have a good amount. I'm very happy about this.
4: yes, where were you guys the past four <laughs> or five years? Where were you? <laughs> Thank you for the they thank you for all of this wonderful feedback now. We really do appreciate it. It's yeah, very and, it,
3: and it's a nice mix of people leaving feedback as to their thoughts on the finale as well as their thoughts on us covering the show. And so now we, we do have four voicemails. Two of them are good mini podcasts or like mini podcasts. So uh but you know, and ordinarily we'll put this out there going into Ted Lasso. Um Try and keep voicemails to maybe two to three minutes max, um, especially for Ted Lasso, because they're shorter episodes. So we're going to ask going forward, just try and keep the voicemails to like two to three minutes max. Uh, But because this is a series finale of a show we've been covering for a number of years now, two of the voicemails are like nine minutes long. We'll allow it. Uh, Apologies to anybody listening. Like, hopefully we don't listen to them in advance, so we don't know what they say. Uh, but hopefully they keep us engaged. They keep you as listeners engaged uh, as we're going forward. But we also,
4: have. I just wanted to say, I'm like really sad that this is over.
3: I know. I am too. I, it's but
4: like I'm looking forward to Ted Lasso. But I also really, really loved covering this show. Well,
3: you are. dive. You've already made the dive right back in.
4: <laughs> well, yeah. It, which is uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording. So as we were wa- as we were prepping for the finale, I thought it would be fun to go back and watch the pilot again. And this time, I added my family to it, and my kids have never seen it. And mm-hmm. so, by the time we started recording uh, last week, we were already three episodes in. And last night, we watched the fifth episode, which was uh, House of the Rising Sun. And um, you know, just watching my kids watch the show for the first time, <laughs> and. I'm I'm hoping to squash the questions, the constant. Are they dead? Of questions. Are they really dead? No, they just want to know. Like, is this a good character? What? we, well, we hate. They hate Sawyer. They hate Jin, um, as they should. Right. Um, they're so so on Michael, like because Michael just got beat up last last okay. episode, right? But he's also a terrible father right now, and so. And didn't care about Vincent, which really bugged them. So it's just been really fun because they just, uh, because I've never, ever, ever watched the show and then immediately started a rewatch. And it is so weird with all of like the analyzing we've been doing and going (laughs) back and just watching it. And the kids are like, what about this? I'm like, I know that answer. No, I know that answer too. Yeah. You, oh, oh, no, I'm not going to tell you.
3: <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing is, too, when we were having the discussion, by the way, if you're listening and you're confused as to the timeline, uh, this episode is being recorded in two different sessions uh, really? and because mm-hmm. this was to help with Jason's schedule, who was on for the main part of the podcast. Um, we are recording the feedback section now as a separate uh, yeah. on, on a different day. So if you're wondering why Jason's voice is not present, that's because he is actually on a trip right now. Uh, I which can is be why-
4: Jason. I'll be Jason. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but one of the funny things that you told me when we were talking about that is how your daughter created a board to kind of <laughs> yeah. keep track of everything <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh no in season one she's gonna need a much bigger board as she goes oh, forward. she
4: already has quite a few things on her board um i can send you some pictures i'll send you pictures as as it progresses to see how involved the board gets. When we start getting ribbon or yarn tied to things, that's when we should start to get very nervous and worried for Danny.
3: She's going to start a, a, a crime podcast later on in her life. Oh my
4: gosh. She would be so good at that. <laughs>
3: but, I'm just so, I'm like, she's going to need, I, I'm going to take bets on how many times you hear mom. I need another board. <laughs> We're gonna need a bigger board. Wait, (laughs) there are tail end survivors, Mom. I need another board. (laughs) (laughs) All these new characters. The hatch. (laughs) I need a new board, Mom. (laughs) Need like, God. Once she gets introduced to the tailies, and then the others. Yeah. Oh man, there's so many characters.
4: I can't wait. Or Ethan Fromm. When (laughs) when Ethan Fromm just appears that should be fun what's oh yeah <laughs> where do he come from
0: <laughs> oh, it's like
4: um do you ever see dogma oh god yes you know yeah. at the end when uh when uh jay wakes up he's like who the fuck is this <laughs> chick what's yeah. going on why
3: <laughs> <laughs> i love that movie by the way it's such
4: a good movie i think
3: that's one of kevin's best
4: oh I, no it is his best
3: I, I really i really think well
4: followed very closely
3: by mall rats yeah although i I adore clerks too
0: as well
4: I never got into clerks like everybody else did I saw the first two I didn't see the third one and they were all right but I'm oh. a sucker for dogma man uh,
0: yeah
3: i i I dogma is just I, I adore it's so smart
4: well done very it, well done it's
3: incredibly smart
4: written and directed by a Catholic
3: well so I was actually gonna tell you I know we're already off topic which Par for the course. This is um, the
4: feedback section.
3: One of the <laughs> one of the funniest stories I've ever heard, and I've heard Kevin tell this story uh, a number of times, actually. And I think it's actually on one of the specials he did, the evening with Kevin Smith specials. Is he found out that protesters were going to the movie theater, yeah. his local movie theater, yeah, to protest Dogma when it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. So he decided to go down and join the protest <laughs> <laughs> uh, because people didn't know who he was
0: like right, they didn't know right. how
3: he physically looked yet he wasn't nearly as famous yet at that point um people who knew the movies knew who he was but he wasn't as like pop culture famous as he is now so he went down there and apparently there were reporters down there and they chose <laughs> him to be interviewed <laughs> So he got interviewed on the local news and oh faked God. his name and talked about how much, how horrible the movie is and it shouldn't be here and it's against <sighs> all religion. And like he played into it. And there are. That's clips on YouTube of it.
4: somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, there are Perfect. Clips of it I'm going to go YouTube. look for it after. Yeah. All right. Are- let's yeah. let's do feedback, and then we can talk about this more. Let's put a pin in that because that <laughs> <Yeah>. that's great.
3: <laughs> and, we have a, and we do have a good amount of feedback to get through too. Um, so let's get through the written feedback first, uh, in which we have a couple things that we will discuss. And I'm going to let you start with the first one. It's very short, but it comes from somebody you are very well acquainted acquainted with.
4: Yes, it's from Jonathan from my uh, from our Ahsoka podcast, who has the best voice for radio that you will ever before. hear. That yep. you will ever hear. Please go to the Ahsoka podcast just to listen for it. Subscribe now. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan says, wow, well done. And I think
3: that's in regards to when I put up the post for feedback in that group that he's a part of. Just saying how we've completed this journey. Mm-hmm. And so it's a wow, well done. As in like, congratulations. We did it. You finished. Uh, the next one comes from Mary Lee Hutchinson. Uh, she says, Ben and Kristen, thank you so much for your great coverage of Lost. Welcome. I love." I loved Lost when it aired, but I always felt that the ending was confusing with the time jumps and alternate timelines. It seemed to me that during the final season, the writers did not have a clear vision of how to end the show, and I have to say that I felt about cheated. I felt a bit cheated. However, I have really enjoyed your coverage, and you have done so much to help change my mind about the ending of this great show. Thank you so much for pouring yourselves into this podcast and for helping this girl feel much better about the fate of so many wonderful characters in the end.
4: I have a big smile on my face. <laughs> You're welcome, Mary. That was That was wonderful. the
3: goal. That was the ultimate was goal, the goal when we started covering Lost.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was- Derek, I assume this is Derek O'Neill.
3: This is Derek O'Neill.
4: Derek O'Neill, he has his own podcast network. It's wonderful. TV I've Podcast to- Industries. Yes, thank you very much. It was escaping me all of a sudden. (laughs) TV Podcast Industries. He is a wonderful Irish podcaster and if you want to listen to his beautiful voice, I suggest going and uh, listening to any of his wonderful podcasts. Uh, Derek says, Hey, Kristen, Ben, and Jason. Derek from Dublin here. I love it. I can't (laughs) believe we're at the end. I've been listening along to every episode for about four years, but never felt I could contribute anything better than you said for every episode. I've loved your coverage of Lost and I love this show. I think it was the first finale that was shown at the same time worldwide. Oh, I didn't know that. I just remember bawling my eyes out at the episode when I realized that everyone dies, they meet together, and pass to the other side. And then the... They were always in purgatory crowd came in and ruined it. I'm so glad I listened back along with you both. Hopefully I'll have as much fun listening along with the podcast on whatever you do after Ted Lasso. I'm glad we got to live together and not die alone. Oh, Derek, I love you. That was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. My heart is like exploding right now. He actually sent
3: that in like two weeks ago, too. And I messaged him back. I was like, we're going to save this for the series finale. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, perfect. He's like, that's that's perfect.
4: That's wonderful.
3: Yeah. Uh, And then this last piece of written in actually comes from Jason, who was with us for the main point, uh, because I believe he had a thought about something he had mentioned during that. Uh, And Jason says, during the podcast, I said, I thought the supernatural aspects of the flash sideways were unrelated to the supernatural aspects of the island. But then I saw a video explaining the light of the island as the source of all life and something that the characters came from and then in the end returned to. That explains why the light in the cave has the same glow as the light coming from the open doors of the church at the end. I'm not sure if that's what the writers had in mind, but maybe I kind of hyped, I kind of hope so because I like how that ties things together. That is a great observation,
4: and it also comes from Marcellus Wallace's briefcase. That's right in
3: Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so he found a mobile version of the light.
4: He he's the new Man in Black. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, I mean, the light being,
3: I mean, maybe that's just it. Maybe when they say, like, it, oh, what was that show? There was a show, I believe it was on HBO, where, like, nobody could die. Like, nobody died.
4: was it Pushing Up Daisies? No.
3: No, Pushing Up Daisies was, that was when they brought them back from the dead. Um, No, there was, I can't remember it, and we might get, Comments for it, but uh, there was a show I think where like something happened in the world, and because of it, nobody could die. Like nobody died from disease, nobody died from physical aspects. Um And that if you sounds ext- crowded, yeah, and if you extinguish the light, maybe that's what happens. People can't. Die.
4: Then everybody would have died when. Well, well, I mean, if you go down, so they unplugged. <laughs> the light was out for a good while in that last episode.
3: Well, and we didn't even mention this during the, during the, the main part too, but when the light was out, it kind of went from heaven to hell. Cause mm. the light goes, it goes red mm-hmm. and growls. <laughs> so maybe that's just like maybe, a demogorgon. Maybe if you extinguish that light, then everybody goes to hell. Nobody can that's go to heaven. That's the
4: plug to the upside down.
3: Oh, see, that's, that's it's another why, gateway. That's why 11 needs to be on lost.
4: That oh, would be a her great time. crossover.
3: That would have been before her time, though.
4: That would be a great crossover, though. All of a sudden, Hurley shows up in season five of Stranger Things. He's like, hey, <laughs> Eleven, we need you. Let's go. <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up, dude? Let's get this all cleaned up, please. <laughs> Snap of the fingers. Thank you. <laughs>
3: Uh, but let's get into the voicemails. And again, some of them are rather lengthy, so apologize ahead of time. We haven't listened to them in advance. Uh, but let's start. Let's kick off with Dez, who we haven't actually had a voicemail from in a while. I know he's been kind of busy. Um, and this one's one of the shorter voicemails. Uh, but here is the voicemail from Des.
7: Hey, guys, it's Dez. Sorry I haven't called in a while, but... Xander's chinchillas keep stealing my phone and hiding it underneath their exercise wheel, whatever. Anyway, um, I kind of had a theory I wanted to share with you before we finish up with lost. Um, the souls in the flash sideways. We always wondered if some of them like David Shepard were actually real people or not, or if they're just something that was put there to help them move along. I think every soul Everyone in The Flash Sideways is an actual soul just waiting to move on. But I think David Shepard is actually Ray Shepard, um, Jack's grandfather. We know that Jack and Christian had a rough relationship, and that just doesn't come from anywhere. I think that probably Christian and Ray's was just as rough. In fact, Ray didn't approve of his wedding with uh, his wife. Um, what do you guys think about that? Okay, I'm gonna let you guys go. Oh, and congratulations on finally finishing the show. I thought I was gonna die a very, very old man before you got to the finale. (laughs) You're in you know
4: what? Yeah, but we needed one zinger, or it wasn't a Des voicemail. Yeah. Exactly. I'm surprised we only got one.
3: Um, first off, you gotta lock those chinchillas up, man. I, I don't It just know what...
4: doesn't even sound like a real <laughs> story. <laughs> that just sounds fake.
3: We need more detail.
4: Yeah, I'm going to need more on the chinchilla uh, fiasco happening yeah. in the Combs house.
3: <laughs> so so what's it like on the chinchilla front?
4: <clears throat> <laughs> I don't
3: know if I buy the whole David being Ray. Um, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I,
4: maybe I could see an
3: argument for it, but...
4: If that was the case, then Christian would not have left with the rest of them. He would have stayed behind to fix his relationship with his father, much like he got to fix his relationship with his son.
3: Or there would have been a reason for David to have also been in the church. One or the other. Yeah. So, no, I think, I think David was an amalgamation. I think he was a creation. Something to help Jack kind of move forward. I, I mean, there are other souls in there, obviously, that are going to mm. be moving on at some point different times. But, um, you know, like, as we, you know, like, uh, like Miles is in there, Daniel, Charlotte, like, there's other people in there, Eloise. I don't, I, I don't buy David being Ray.
4: Well, and I mean, if you think, well, I mean, look, that's, that could be up to interpretation for sure. Um, yeah. I do know that, you know, Christian Shepard did say This church is a place that you all created so you can find each other again. Those are the people that are from the original Plane Crash Crash plus Juliet, right? So, I mean, Juliet was such an integral part of this core group, this original core group that she kind of got grandfathered into the place. But anybody after that, of course, they're not going to be added into that, which, you know, that does mean that Miles and Charlotte and Daniel and whoever else, they're not going to be able to come along because it's not for them. And Ben knew that it was not for him as well. He was invited, but Hurley knew, or Ben knew that he was m- the antagonist of a lot of their stories, and he had no business in that church. Yeah. Um, as, as wonderful as his arc was, as redemptive as his arc was— He didn't belong in that church. Um, So whether or not David is a true person or not, that I don't think that that's really important to the end of this particular story.
3: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and the only other person I can make maybe vouch for and maybe make an argument for belonged in that church with everybody else would have been Miles. Um, But but the only thing I see him staying behind for is the same as we we talked about this during the the meat of the episode earlier is very similarly to how Daniel stayed behind because of Mm. the relationship with his mother, Eloise. I can see Miles staying behind with the relationship with his father, Pierre.
4: I think that if Daniel had been given the opportunity to go into into the church and away from his mom, he would have taken it. So that was just a, that was a side deal that Desmond and and Eloise probably created and keeping Charlotte there at least kept Daniel happy. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I, but I think that that was mainly a selfish Eloise decision. Um, I would have liked to have seen miles move on with, with them only because he was such an important part of the seventies, three year span.
3: Well, like you mentioned with Juliet kind of being grandfathered in because right. she spent all that time with them, Miles did the same exact thing. So He
4: did, but who was who was his his link? It was his father.
3: Well, that's why I say I can understand right. why he stayed behind.
4: Right. Cuz he actually got to have a, a a life, albeit a fake life, but a life with his father that he never got to have before. Yeah. Um and that's really special. It 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 really I wouldn't I also wouldn't have been mad at Jin and Son staying behind to raise their daughter, even if it wasn't a flash sideways until they were ready to move on. Well, because they a, didn't get that, they didn't get that together.
3: Well, Jin never got that.
4: That's what I'm saying. They so, didn't get it together. They didn't get to do it together.
3: But I mean, again, in, a, in I mentioned this during the main conversation too. Gion does kind of go with them.
4: I know. I know. I, and and I, I see where you're going with that. I do. I just, they were, they were robbed of so much, you know, like we've said so many times on the podcast, Jin and son are just such an epic, beautiful, tragic love story from start to finish.
3: Yeah. I get
4: it. I get it.
3: Uh all right, let's move on to the next.
4: Let's do a long uh, one and then Steve and then a long one. We're
3: gonna well, we're gonna wrap with Steve because Steve has okay. been with us since the beginning. So we're gonna, he has. We're well, gonna live
4: stay- steaving originated on our podcast. Yes,
3: it did. So to anybody else listening who gets live Steving on other podcasts, it's You're
4: welcome.
3: Here. <laughs> uh but let's uh let's go with Jim. This cut co- this voicemail comes from Jim Pete. Jim has messaged me numerous times. Uh, About wanting to leave feedback and just has never had the opportunity because he's kind of been behind in the watch um, and he kind of pushed through to get caught up by the time
4: we finished
3: and he's finally getting in something by the end. So this is one of the lengthier ones. uh, But again, because I know he's been trying so hard to get something in before we wrapped up, we're going to allow it. It's (laughs)
4: all five years of feedback in one.
3: Except I think it's just about the finale. I don't know. We haven't heard No, no, but
4: that's what I'm saying. It's all the time that he would have had for five years. It's just in one. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Uh, But here we go. This is our voicemail from Jim Pete.
6: Hey there, Kristen and Ben. This is Jim from Raleigh here to talk about, finally, right in the nick of time, Lost, season six, episodes 17 and 18, the two-part series finale of what I think may be a top two or three network television show of all time. In my book, it's number one. But that's where I want to start. And in full disclosure, this is like the third time I'm trying to record this. The other two times were over 10 minutes. I'm going to try to get this around five, (laughs) which is probably still too long. Oops. It is what it is. When the show ended in 2010, if you'd asked me my favorite show, I would have said Lost. It frustrated me. It made me want to bang my head against the table um, because the questions and the answers and did I like the answers and did we get the answers? And I think even with that, I looked forward to that show so much every single week that I would definitely have put it as my number one show. For the past 13 years, it's sort of gotten lost in translation, no pun intended. Um, other shows have been out that I've absolutely loved, uh, other science fiction shows, other real shows, and I've never rewatched Lost. It was such a meaningful show for me at the time that I just didn't want to kind of put it in my forefront again. Um, it's funny, too, because going back and if you could go back in real time from 2004 to 2010 with Jim and his viewing of the show <clears throat> i was one of those people who watched that series finale series finale initially and was frustrated by it and i can't remember the specifics of the frustration it wasn't really that they didn't answer all of the questions i think it was a combination of being frustrated that the show was over i think i you know i was meeting up with friends every week to watch the show we would have parties every week to watch it Um, So we were doing a lot of that online discussion in person. I really wasn't a super big online presence for TV shows in 2010. Um, So I wasn't really getting frustrated necessarily by that. But I think we all had such stark opinions about the show and beliefs of what was going on. But I remember when the show ended, (laughs) not an argument per se, but I remember us all sitting at a round table talking about what – Lost did and didn't do in that last episode. And I remember being frustrated by that. I was one of those people who thought that that last episode wasn't as good as it could have been. So fast forward now to my rewatch. Now, as I've said, I've never watched since the series finale. I've never watched even a second of Lost. Um, I bought the box set to rewatch it. Uh, which I'm actually going to put a video up on on Podcastica at some point on the Facebook group because it's an amazing box set. But neither here nor there, I bought that box set and I've never touched it until about a year ago. And I decided that my daughter, um, she had been asking me about the show. So we decided to rewatch it together. And we didn't binge it per se, but we would watch two or three episodes at a time. And every once in a while, we'd sit on a weekend and watch you know a few and it was fun kind of going through with her her thoughts and connecting them back to my thoughts from back in the day and you know i let her know this is this this is the season that got split into two parts six and six or i think eight and six or something like that and this was the season that got cut short by the writer's strike and this is when they said that they were going to end the show um and It was a lot of fun kind of working through that, but she got to go through the show without the baggage. And I got to be honest with you now, having watched it in that kind of bingy fashion, not too quick, but a lot quicker than the whole entire series took place. I can honestly tell you that a lot of the flaws that I saw back then just didn't take shape. They were still there. There were still maybe at some point too many characters or maybe at some, some point, too many convoluted stories that didn't need to happen, but I do think that Carl and Hughes and Damon Lindelof got um, saddled with trying to figure out how to extend a series that they didn't want to extend. They had a finite end. I mean, I, I, you know, Damon Lindelof has said numerous times that they really wish they could have ended the show in three seasons. I don't know how they could have landed it as perfectly as they did, which I'll get to in a second. But um, I think when you're trying to draw a story, it can get really difficult. And then, you know, they were asking for longer and longer breaks in between seasons, which also frustrated me because you're looking at sometimes at you know 13, 14, 15 months in between the end of one season and the beginning of another. Uh, so but they needed that time to try to get stories together that made sense. So that brings me to season six, <clears throat> which after rewatching the whole series one time and then going back and rewatching season six a second time. I actually believe season six may be my favorite season of the show, even more than season one, which was brilliant. And I like the idea of that. And I'll tell you, what, well, let me just real quickly, cause we're going to head down the path of 10 minutes, but I, I, let me just really quickly say this, the story, while it had a maze of uh, questions and less of a concrete tablet of answers, What got missed, I think, a lot when you were watching it week by week and then having these giant gaps in between seasons was that the the show really at its core was a look at human nature, a look at the flaws in people. It really Mm -hmm. was a character-driven show by these amazing, amazing actors that I haven't even talked about yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Season six almost gets rid of a lot of the question asking. We still get some. Um, But as they start to answer some of the questions that we're looking for them to answer, we get to see the people stand out first. Um, We get to see, maybe not as much as I wanted, Sun and Jin's story kind of come complete, and we get to see their love. We get to see Sawyer you know, get to work out his anger and his sadness at losing Juliet, but being able to love Juliet to begin with. We get to see Jack. And, and Kristen, I hear your hate for him and I totally understand it. And, you know, I mean, we can magnify flaws of people on a TV show all we want, but the reason why I, I hate's not the right word for Jack, because I think you look at somebody like Jack, who I think feels this idiotic obligation that people sometimes just don't want anything to do with, but he kind of forces it upon them, anyways, to be helpful. And I think as a teacher, sometimes I, often feel obligated and maybe it's just my human nature to help people Mm -hmm. and at times when i feel like it's doing a good thing often i have to take a step back and realize that maybe this isn't where i need to put my foot forward maybe i just need to play back and jack is not good at that (laughs) in a horrible way throughout the first (laughs) five seasons but in season six we finally get to see him acknowledge all of these other characters and we get to see him acknowledge all of these other people. And we get to see him realize that he has moments where he should step forward. But until those moments, perhaps it's fair to lean on everyone else. They landed this, sh- uh, this show so well. So often, I think Six Feet Under is my favorite season finale of all time if you've not seen that show. Um, The series finale for that is spectacular. But having watched this now three times, the series finale, I have to tell you, the beauty of watching these two stories, the Flash Sideways and the current day stories being told, rare can you do something like that and care about both of those stories so much. I found myself so into a Flash Sideways. I didn't care about what was happening in the present, which was, you know, this dramatic, you know, are they going to save the island or not save the island? And they landed it, I think, so beautifully. What happened with the island? What happened with Jack? What happened with all of our amazing characters that I just got to say, it was an amazing rewatch. The fantastic series finale. I'm so glad that you guys covered it, even though I got to it really late. And I'm now closing it on 10 minutes again. So I'm going to go ahead and stop. I don't know if this is going to get put on or not. But I do just want to say I appreciate all that you've done. Lost is awesome. I can't wait for Ted Lasso. I'm going to call in a lot more for that so I don't have to leave at 9 minute and 25 <laughs> <a> second <laughs> voice memo. All right. Um, great job, guys. And I look forward to man in charge. And I look forward to Ted Lasso piece. <laughs> oh, that was great.
4: That was great. Oh, I loved that. I, lo- <laughs> I I actually took notes while he was talking. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really funny that um, Jim that you said that they extended a show that they didn't want to extend, and you had to wait thirteen to fifteen months between seasons. Because oh my gosh, like waiting for Stranger Things is like the bane of my existence right now. And it's just so funny that you know here we are, uh, all these years later, and. Now it's expected to wait at least a year for another season of quality television, which I don't think that we had a decade ago. You know, it was well, like, put it out, put it out, put it out, put it out.
3: Well, the, the, the extended time that we had to wait was I think between seasons three and four, because at that time, which is something that we are going through currently right now was writer a writer's strike.
4: strike, which ruined a lot of
3: shows. And we're heroes. going to, and we're going to, well, heroes ruined itself. Um, but, you know, uh, one of the seasons of Lost had to be cut short, uh, and then we had an extended wait before the show returned because of the writer's strike. And now, not only are we having an extended writer's strike, we have an actor strike going on mm-hmm. at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: so a lot of the things that we experience and the frustration that we experienced with Lost back then, we are going to experience again. Yeah. But not just with one show. Or two or three shows, it is with the extent of everything happening right now. Yeah. Um, Stranger Things, Cobra Kai, Marvel films. Like, it doesn't, like, everything is going to be Severance, And there are some shows that, unfortunately, will not survive it. Yeah. Um, Good
4: shows, quality shows, shows that should be able to um, survive it. So... Yeah. Um, and then he also talked about uh, his favorite season or series finales. And um, well, Lost is definitely up there for me, especially after doing this podcast, um, uh, I made like a little list of my favorite series finales uh, other than Lost are The Office, Ted Lasso, and Big Bang Theory. I think that all three of those shows nailed their ending.
3: I will also throw in Breaking Bad, um, okay. I think the Breaking Bad series finale was amazing. Um, I
4: did not enjoy that show, so I'll add it to the list because I know a lot of people feel that way.
3: And I think Parks and Rec also was probably a great uh, series finale. Parks
4: too. and Rec, what? Yes, Parks and Rec is up there for. And what's funny is that The Office and Parks and Rec are both uh, ran by the same person, Moe's yeah. from from The Office. And then the best series finale or season finale that I think I've ever seen, ever is the season one Severance season finale. My hair was on fire at the <laughs> end of that. Like I, I, like Dave was just not into the show at all for like the first half of, this, of the season. And I'm like, well, we're going to keep watching it. It gets better. It got better and better and better. And then the season finale, as soon as it was over, Dave goes, that's the best one I've ever seen. Holy shit. Like we went from indifferent about the show to where the fuck is the next season.
3: Well, I want to make quick mention, too, that, you know, Jim, as Jason did, mentioned that Six Feet Under is one of the greatest oh, series yeah. finales I've ever seen. Never I've never, never that seen show it either. I've never seen it. But hearing now two people mention it in the same episode of the podcast, I'm kind of like, well, maybe I have to add that show to my list. Um, but as far as season finales go, Having I'll another throw-
4: podcast called Why Haven't You Seen That? <laughs>
3: <laughs> We're kind of doing that with Movie Swap over on Wilhelm. It's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but another, I'll throw in another season finale, and then we'll move on to the next voicemail. I'll throw in there as a contender of one of the best series season finales I've ever seen, just because of how much it, how emotional it made me as a pop culture nerd is season two finale of The Mandalorian when Luke shows oh, up. Oh
4: yeah, I hated that. So I'm glad that you liked it.
3: I'll, I was I was bawling like an eight year old boy. Yeah, no,
4: Dave was equally excited, and I sat there. I was like, really. Really, this this sucks. And we got to see Pedro. Well, yeah, okay, and that's always wonderful. Mando and
3: Mando and Grogu saying goodbye. Come on,
4: that that never needed to happen. Is my point. And
3: it gets undone. They end up finding each other again.
4: Yeah. It. So whatever. Anyways, the season two (laughs) finale of Shit's Creek is also very good.
3: I will give the series finale of Shits Creek also on that list.
4: Every episode of Shits Creek is gold. Every well,
3: episode. I meant to make. I meant to say this earlier too, but how you said you've never re like watched a series and then immediately jumped back into it. I did that with Shits Creek.
4: Oh, that must have been like getting the bends
3: because <laughs> they are so different. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are so different by the end, but. That series finale, I, actually, the last three or four episodes of that s- series, I was bawling every episode mm. until the finale. And then I was like, oh, I, I can't do this. And I started late with Shits Creek.
4: I did, too. I started after it stopped.
3: I started right as the fifth, right as they were going into the final season, I started.
4: OK, yeah, I didn't start until. Yeah, and so after the show was over, you know, it was just like one of those shows where everybody said it was good. I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it.
3: That's how I was too. And then I kind of got like,
4: oh, series finale of Justified. Holy shit, that was.
3: I'm I'm working to. I'm working to.
4: Oh my gosh, that was Dave and I. Dave and I quote the final line of that episode all the time.
3: Well, good. (laughs) Now that once once I finish it. I will text you that line so you know I'm done. I can't wait. <laughs> That's how you wait. will know I am done my watch, my first watch. That's
4: what I want to do after Lasso, so better be done.
3: I have a I have a couple things that I can't do that cuz I'm just watching it now. We just watched Ted Lasso. Months ago. Oh my god. Anyways. We'll figure it out. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, Let's go to the ourselves.
4: next piece of feedback. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, so this one comes from our friend Jason from San Jose, who has actually been very vocal over the last uh, number of episodes of this yeah. podcast, which we're incredibly grateful for. Uh, he did tell me how did he put it in his in his email? He says, uh, here is my audio feedback slash mini podcast for the end. Spoiler alert. There might be tears ahead. So uh, let's just go ahead and play this uh, now. This is our voicemail from Jason. Well, he starts it with the
8: with
4: the Produced. (laughs) We've said that a number of times. He produces his voicemail. Step up your game, people.
8: Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Jason in San Jose. (laughs) And since I was busy editing a podcast episode last week, I didn't get the chance to leave feedback for what they died for. I thought it was a great lead up to the end, and I did notice two mirror moments in that episode. Jack checking out his bleeding neck again, and Ben in the nurse's office. Even though he really didn't deserve it, it's always fun seeing Ben getting beaten up. You did mention that Michael Emerson's black eye can be seen in the flash sideways and on the island which was caused by Henry Ian Cusick accidentally hitting him during one of the takes. There are some behind-the-scenes interviews with Michael Emerson on the DVDs where you can actually really see his shiner. Also in this episode, I absolutely love seeing Rousseau again, as well as Anna Lucia. Well, we're finally at the end. This is my favorite episode of Season 6 and in my top five of the series. I've watched this at least ten times, and it makes me cry each and every time. There's too much to cover that happened in this episode, but I did want to hit some highlights. The intro montage with Michael Giacchino's beautiful piece, Moving On, was a great way to start the episode. And I love how this piece incorporated a lot of themes throughout the series into it, including the Oceanic 815 theme and, of course, the Life and Death theme. I did notice another mirror moment during the montage with Sawyer looking at the broken mirror. And I could tell just by the beginning here that this would be another emotional watch for me. All of the wake-up moments made me tear up when this first aired, and this time I felt quite emotional throughout the whole episode. I loved the Sun, Jin, and Juliet scene, which definitely had the tears flowing, but also had the eventual humorous look at Sawyer. Detective? Love that. The moment, the moment with Kate, Charlie, and Claire has made me cry each time I've seen it. In fact, just talking about it is actually making me tear up. Anyway, I remember the Jack attack jump in the air in his fight with Locke, cutting to a commercial when it first aired. I just bet everyone watching at that moment yelled out like I did, What? No! So, like many, the scene with Jack and Christian in the church is my favorite part of the whole episode. It took me a while to wrap my head around what the sideways world actually was, and I must have watched this scene at least 20 times. The combination of the church scene, Jack closing his eye with Vincent next to him, was just a perfect way to end Lost. When it first aired, I was grateful to have the Jimmy Kimmel live show on afterwards to ease my emotions. I remember that. And if you haven't seen that, I believe it is on YouTube. Quite emotional, but very funny. And I have mentioned on previous episodes of this podcast that I wrote a review of the Lost Finale for my 12-step program a few days after the finale aired. I've read this on a few other Lost podcasts, as well as the Sex Addicts Recovery podcast that I host and produce on the episode that I talked about how Lost has been a part of my recovery and I would love to read that here as well. It's a month after the lost finale titled The End, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around the experience that was lost. I will try not to give away large spoilers for those who still want to watch the series. The tear-jerking spiritual ending of the finale has really divided the fan community, those who wanted concrete answers, and those, like myself, enjoyed the ambiguous ending that was open to interpretation by the viewer. I see a 12-step angle on the show. People in various religions can find their own parallels. Sci-fi fans can find a sci-fi angle as well. For me, it was the journey, not the destination, of Lost that allured me. Not just a show about plane crash survivors on a mysterious island, Lost delved into the realms of science, faith, philosophy, music, literature, history, and science fiction, as well as many pop culture references. You gotta love a show that regularly references the Bible, Star Wars, Stephen King, and Stephen Hawking. (laughs) There have been many recurring themes in Lost, science versus faith, destiny versus free will, the ambiguity of good and evil. Each of these characters were lost in their lives, needing to confront their various defects and correct the problems of the past. When Lost first aired, September 22, 2004, I had an immediate connection with Charlie, not only due to the actor's connections with Lord of the Rings, but also as an addict needing to kick his addiction. The island provided him an opportunity to rid his stash, only to find more. I was rooting for him, knowing the same things have happened to me in my recovery. My favorite character on the show was John Locke, a tragic character with a sense of faith of an unknown purpose. Throughout the seasons, his faith in the island would wax and wane. Season 1 Locke was my favorite, though his season 6 dark incarnation was fun to watch. In the first season, he helped Charlie kick his heroin addiction in an episode called The Moth, I've talked about one of the scenes from this episode at my meetings where Locke shows Charlie, who wants his drug back from Locke, a moth that he could help out of his cocoon, but it would be too weak to survive on its own. I love the analogy of the moth to helping Charlie get his fix, but in doing so would make him weak and unable to survive in the long run. Although Locke was my favorite character, Jack's journey from a man of science to a man of faith really got to me in the end. Jack has to be one of the most stubborn characters on the show. He just can't let anything go and always has to fix something. The season two opener titled Man of Science, Man of Faith, seems to be referring to the rift between Jack and Locke, but the writers actually said it referred to the beginning of Jack's journey, which finally culminated in the finale. As a man of science, when I entered the rooms of SAA, I could not see a spiritual path in my future. I fought the whole God thing for a few years until I took a leap of faith, got a sponsor, and started working the steps. I've had many stumbling blocks along the way, taking back my will from time to time, but I can always come back to step three and surrender. Although I had tears in my eyes throughout the finale, the message that made me absolutely lose it was Jack's moment of realization. Let go. I'm out of thoughts for right now, and I can't wait to rewatch the entire series. And so, yeah, that's what I wrote back in 2010. And just thinking of that church scene and what I wrote there, I've done many rewatches of the show since then. And I was just finishing another lost rewatch in March of 2021 along with the storm podcast. And at that time, my program had a retreat on zoom and I remember sharing with the entire group Christian's words. The most important part
1: of your life was the time that you spent with these people. Mm. That's why all of you are here. Nobody does it alone, Jack. You needed all of them, and they needed you. For what? (sighs) To remember.
8: And to let go. Ooh. Uh just listening to that is making me emotional again. These people have been an important part of my life in recovery for the past 20 years. I also think about this speech reaching out to the lost community, discovering friendships through watching this amazing show. I have some other thoughts that I hope to share on the new man in charge episode. And then on to Ted Lasso. Until then, this has been Jason in San Jose. Namaste. And P.S., I don't believe in much, but I do believe in duct tape.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Miles. Golly, I love him. There's also one more mirror that you, uh, that you forgot because it was the only one I noticed. <laughs> was uh, Sawyer's reflection in the vending machine.
3: Oh, yeah. Right before his enlightenment.
4: Was literally the only one I noticed the whole time I was waiting when he goes, Oh, and Sawyer's so I go, he's going to say it. And then he said reflection in the mirror or something. I go, no, he didn't say it. <laughs> um, I,
3: I just want to say too, I want to say thank you to Jason for yes. being very open about his addiction and what it is, what this show has meant to him in regards to that. Um, we're very appreciative of, the, of you being able to share that and willing to share that,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, not only with us, but <clears throat> in your voicemails that get shared to everybody who's listening. <clears throat> so I, I hope other people have taken from that as well and, and can be appreciative of that. Um, I
4: agree making yourself vulnerable on this type of a platform is very difficult to do. So thank you.
3: Yeah, exactly. So thank you for that, Jason. Um, and rereading that original review was fantastic too. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it, I think it was just as poignant then as it is now.
4: Thank you for not adding lost music to it while you read it, because uh, <laughs> that would have been a little too much. <laughs> well,
3: that was uh, well. That was one of my other two notes I have from his. Um, I love the fact that the the show itself and watching the show. He mentioned that to him, the show was all more about the journey and not the destination. Yes which I thought was a great way to put it in regards to this. And if more people took that aspect in watching, they wouldn't have been as disappointed that some questions didn't get answered in the end. Right. Uh, Because it is more about, as I mentioned earlier, it is more about the characters. Um, Playing that clip from Christian uh, is a great way to bookend this because anybody listening knows that's the clip you heard at the opening of the podcast because <laughs> I used <laughs> the same thing for the opening. So this is the second time you're hearing it, and that's totally fine because it's a good way to close close out things. Um, and lastly, my final notes, we've mentioned him a number of times, and I know Jason has as well, but I don't think he's given enough credit. Michael Giacchino, as the person who wrote the score for the entire series for the composer of the music to lost is he's amazing. And he has gone on to do so many other projects from the mission impossible franchise to Marvel films, to Disney Pixar films. Like he has done so many projects since lost and he's, I don't think he gets enough credit
4: he did a beautiful job on on Lost. Beautiful, like there's there's very little music that comes from Lost that doesn't evoke some sort of emotion. He's ve- it's very very well done. There 100%. is
3: there is a so back in March of 2016, um, they did a there was a two day Lost reunion in L.A. It was uh, the 12th anniversary reunion concert. It was a two day concert conducted by. Michael Giacchino with all of the original musicians that scored mm-hmm. the show. Um, and they had a number of special guests. Uh, Kevin Durand, who played Kimi, uh, was there. Mira Ferlin was there. Josh Holloway and Jorge Garcia both showed up as well. Um, it has not been put on CD. I don't know if it's on Spotify and it hasn't been put out on DVD. However, Mondo, which is a company that produces vinyl, did release a three LP vinyl set of the concert. Oh, it is sold out on Mondo has been Jeez. sold out for a long time. However, a website that I use called discogs um, that I use to get vinyl uh, has it. It has been sitting in my shopping cart for a year now. Nobody has bought it. Uh, the only reason I haven't is because with shipping, it's like $85. Wow. So, I think it might finally be time to pull the trigger and get that album. Before somebody else does. So. Uh, But thank you again, Jason, for. for Yes,
4: thank you, Jason. Thank you.
3: Not, Not just for that, but all the voicemails you have left over the time. Yes,
4: 100%.
3: But that leaves us to the final piece of feedback for the finale. We we saved it to the end only because he's been with us since the beginning uh, and that is our uh, voicemail from our friend Steve. So let us play
2: that now. <laughs> I haven't even finished listening to the episode yet. And, and I have sort of watched the end, but Miles has the diamonds. Okay, I don't remember what prompted that, but uh, hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and here we go for the finale. Okay, I don't remember anything about this coffin. <laughs> I just caught that Christian Shepard. That's weird. <laughs> Worst thing, Yoda. <laughs> oh, another Star Wars reference. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh, Rose. Oh. And Bernard, all oh, the island people. Oh, okay. So Detective Miles saw uh Saeed, and now he's called Jim. And Jim, 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 so weird to call him Jim. He's going to the hospital. Oh, of course, Juliet. Oh, oh, and of course they speak English now because they remember. And Juliet <laughs> is walking out. Oh. Mm-hmm. Juliet is David's mom. <laughs> so Desmond is getting tied up to Lower in the Light. Um and He is living in both the sideways flashes and in this, right? Oh, and so he just saved Shannon. So we didn't see Boone waking up uh, either, but we know he did, I guess. Okay, Desmond pulled the cork out. And now, oh, what's happening now? It was Kate going to deliver Claire's baby again. And that's how they're going to remember. Oh, (laughs) and Charlie and Claire. Oh, Um, this is going to be a very tearful. Couple episodes here. I'm watching on Hulu, so the end of part one is Jack doing that superhero leap with his fist up in the air and Locke's running at him with a knife. Ooh, part two is going to be good. Ooh, and Locke just stabbed Jack in the side with the knife. Oh, but I know who wins. Ooh. <laughs> and Kate just <laughs> shot Locke in the back. I think you all talked about this last week, but I don't remember it. Oh, wow. So John remembers, but Jack doesn't yet. You <laughs> go. You think I'm going down that? No way. I'm with you, dude. <laughs> Love it. Did Sawyer just call a penis chesty <laughs> Juliet and Sawyer? They just touched and they got they both. I remember at the same time. He does look good in that dress. It's strapless. Oh, there it is. Now you're like me after he drinks the communion. Okay, so Jack's gonna put the cork back in. But where's Desmond now? <laughs> Sawyer just called him Enos Miles as they came into the plane. He just called Miles Enos. Okay, so they pulled Desmond up out of the, the hole, but where's Jack now? Again, am just keep asking questions. <laughs> so now here, Hurley gets to make the, the choices, the decisions about how to run the island. I like it. So it's not Ben's time to enter the church. He's going to wait outside. Hey, Back on the island, Jack is, uh, oh, he's at the pool where he woke up. The, both times when the, ch- the plane crashed, is it the same place he woke up at? Ooh, touching the coffin is what is bringing back Jack's memories now. It looks like Rose of Bernard are in the church. Oh, and Kate's not in the dressing any, anymore either. So this does, I guess they are moving on. There's, di- they got here at different times. Just like the show started with Vincent finding Jack in the jungle. We see Vincent finding Jack in the jungle, lying on his back. Mm. There's a baby there though in the church. Well, and that's it. Um, looking forward to Ted Lasso. It's going to be a little interesting because it's, I just rewatched it a few months ago, you know, when the third season aired. So uh, the first and second season, at least I haven't rewatched the third season yet. So it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting. Talk to you later.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's always great hearing from Steve.
4: I I love it. You know, and it was just, here we are at the last episode and I, and now I'm thinking, gosh, it would have been so nice to open the podcast with a live steving and then go into our own like,
3: oh, yeah, that c- could have been fun, right? Oh,
4: oh, well, you know what I mean? Because he's so good at recapping the whole episode with his thoughts. I love maybe hearing, we do, maybe we try it for Ted Lasso. See, it, maybe see it at-
3: I love hearing him get emotional too. I <laughs> did to see, <his laughs>
4: well, and the most emotional part, I mean, is Claire giving birth again. Cause it's like we're all brought back to that moment. Cause we it's it's such a defining moment of the show.
3: I, I I told you like when we like there are a number of points of that there are five points in that episode that got me and it wasn't and again in that scene, it wasn't even Kate helping Claire give birth to Aaron, it was Charlie. Charlie's what broke me in that scene. Charlie and Claire. <sighs>
4: I think I would have been a little bit more emotional with Charlie had I not known that he'd been on this like serious drinking bender for the entire time that we've seen him until then. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm like, dude, you're like killing yourself right now, and you have something to really look forward to. So can you clean it up a little bit? <laughs> Maybe. No, and that Jin- was just me though. I know that I'm like in the morning minority and,
3: one, of and story. Jin and Son's enlightenment and also pretty much broke me. I
4: know, I know that this starts. First-
3: uh but i want to say um you know all the episodes we've done have lost thank you to anybody who's ever left us feedback over the course of this entire journey
4: thank you Uh, to everybody for listening Um, you know, we took a very, uh, lost frame of mind. Apparently, you know, they stopped and started a few times (laughs) and so did we. So, you know, we were just going with the vibe of the podcast of, of the original show.
3: That's true. We just, we had our own little quote unquote writer strike. strike.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It was called the pandemic.
3: (laughs) That kind of took us away from it for a little while, but we came back and we stuck with it. Now we're to the We're to the end of of this. And uh, I know there are a lot of people that are excited about Ted Lasso Mm
0: -hmm. being the
3: next show that we start. We hope all of you guys are with us on that. Um, So, as far as feedback goes, uh, we are going to release a little bit of a bonus episode. We're going to cover New Man in Charge. We're not going to do any feedback for that. We're just going to, that's going to be very quick. Sorry, Jason. yeah, sorry. It's only an 11-minute short, so we're we're going to ju- just kind of push through it, give our thoughts about that. You'll get that, actually, in a, probably a couple days after hearing this. Um, actually, no, you know what? It'll be next it week. It could be for yeah.
4: our, our yeah. Yeah, it'll be, you you'll hear it.
3: Ne- our our next episode will be uh, New Man in Charge. It's going to be very quick, because this is, being a serious finale covering two episodes is a much longer episode than it's we usually put It's looking like
4: out. it's a three-hour episode and i apologize for anybody (laughs) that thinks that that's too long
3: yeah pretty much um so and i apologize for that as well so as far as feedback goes uh if you would like to leave us feedback and we'll mention this again on the new man in charge bonus episode but if you want to leave us um uh, feedback uh it will be for episode one season one of ted lasso that's crazy uh yeah that's crazy if this is your first time watching, we encourage you, like, let us know your thoughts on that pilot and what you're looking forward to with the show. If this is a rewatch, let us know what you loved about that pilot. Let us know what you're looking forward to hearing. And
4: maybe since it's so fresh, we'll divide it up into, like, like how we did with House of the Dragon. We would talk about the episode, and then we would say, okay, now we're going to talk about book talk. You know, and then that would go into spoiler version. That way, if it's your first time going through Ted Lasso and you're bugged by spoilers, maybe you would like that format. Maybe you want the same format that we've been doing this whole time. Like, I don't know. I don't know what would be best.
3: Well, Lost was such a dynamic show and because there was so much involved that's kind of why we went into spoilers. I think maybe for Ted Lasso, maybe we try and approach it as not spoilery as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, and see how well we can do like we'll put the spoiler warning out there but we're going to try our hardest to not spoil the show because there are so many great moments from that series yeah. that we kind of especially if it's your first watch We we don't want to ruin for you.
4: Yeah, and maybe that's kind of the the take. But if there's anything that we do want to talk about, like connections to spoilers or anything, we can save that for after. And
3: we'll yeah, and we'll we'll let people talk about that. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out what we're going to do. We'll put maybe we'll put like we'll put something in the show notes that from this point to this point is very spoiler. So skip Mm -hmm. to this point. Yeah. Um. If you if you want to miss it, so we'll take better notes. We'll take better. Attention! Pay better attention to everything um, So yeah Feedback at uh, revisitedpod.com Best way to do it Leave us an email or a voicemail uh, Let us know your thoughts on Ted Lasso Season 1, episode 1 The pilot um, Especially if it's your first watch If this is your first time going through it Let us know let us exactly know. how you thought um, Recommendations before we get out of here Anything on your end That uh No, I don't want to
4: recommend. My life is so boring right now.
3: (laughs) Well, you're back to work too.
4: I know. My recommendation is that you don't work. (laughs) Don't Don't do it. (laughs) Just don't do it. Find a way, find a way to get money other than the the, the, dead different way. Don't go Um, into education either. They treat you like garbage.
3: I will. The only recommendation I will make is actually something I don't know if everybody's going to be, wa- be able to watch because it's kind of hard to find. Um, but I was talking to you about this. I'm a big fan of Gordon Ramsay. So I like watching like Hell's Kitchen, Kitchen Nightmares, Hotel Hell, like all the shows that Gordon does. Um, I've recently discovered a, tri- a show called Gordon, Gino, and Fred Road Trip uh, on the BBC. And there's Gordon Ramsay, Gino DeCampa, and Fred. Fred I, Fred his, it's, it's French, French Fred I, yeah French I can't, Fred I can't pronounce his last name um but it's there's four seasons it's only 12 episodes total out of all four seasons it's basically the three of them going and it's uncensored because it's BBC going on all these different road trips to all these different countries and trying these foods and experiences and it's hysterical
4: the, I can't wait to watch it. I'm really excited to watch
3: it. Gino himself is absolutely hysterical. Like it's so the three of them are hysterical. So it should be a if, good time. If you can find it, that is my recommendation is check out uh Gordon Gino and, and Fred road trip. Um last but not least before we get out of here, uh revisitedpod.com is where you can go to find everything to subscribe. Be sure to check out podcastica. Thank you again to Jason for coming on podcastica.com. Yeah. Um, and Jason coming on to talk about everything on the finale, but I can't say rabbit hole. Oh yes, we can because we still have. We, one can, more, do one yeah, more time. we can
4: do it <laughs>
0: one more time.
3: One more time. Thank you guys so much for following along on this journey. Next episode will be the quick, very short bonus episode, new man in charge. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye.